Bob? You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl! When you hear the trippy music, you know it's Wednesday, it's two o'clock, it's time. Folsom, call me Tim. The show where we talk about religion and God and gods, all kinds of important things. That, what, makes, what makes your life have meaning? That's what we talk about here. And some call me Tim. What do you believe? Well, I believe that Marty Cunney is supposed to be here to talk about what he believes today, but he is not here yet. He's also going to be with us in the 3 o'clock hour where we are going to be interviewing wrestling manager Cesar. Uh, I don't know which one's his real name and which one's his fake name. I have no idea what's going to happen today. I also know nothing about the world of wrestling, but we're going to learn together what that means. I believe he is in the building this very second. There he is. The master of fun, the the good time guru, Marty Cunny, everyone. Yay! Yay! You look like you just came from a Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett concert today. Like you're... It's not a Hawaiian shirt, all it's, right? Uh, yeah, it's a... There you go. You got the wife beater on. It's hot out there. It is fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Well, welcome to Some Call Me Tim, the podcast where we talk about what people believe in. Am I, uh, where's my... You can, you can be any, if you want to wear headphones, you can, you don't have to. You yeah, can be in, make sure I'm not... You could be on that one, or you could be on the other ones, whatever you, you want. I remember the first one I did with Arden, you can hear me breathing a lot. Oh, we can hear words. you breathing. Think, you know, as interesting as I am. Yeah, we're going to find out what you believe in. Uh, do you believe in Jesus? Um, do I believe he was a real person? Uh, yes. Any of that. You believe he was a real person, really? I think he was. You think he was a real person? Uh, you can turn around, you can say hi to Sparkle Jesus right there. That's that's a real thing in our in our studio. I love it. Is uh, the Sparkle Jesus who helps us all make good decisions about how many drugs to take. Oh, wonderful. Uh, well, you got so the you, wrong, the, the wounds are in the wrong place though, right? But they're on the out, I mean, they should be the stigmata should be on the inside of his hands but I guess the or blood on the, the outside the wrist oh the wrist because they you write it that's how they hung him up yeah. they, now they used to do it with ropes they didn't actually put nails in everybody's hands they just specifically hated Jesus I guess but they usually use ropes because the way that you actually die on the cross is from suffocation right because you stand on this little thing and they give you this little thing to put your butt on kind of but then when you do that it collapses your lungs and you actually suffocate it's yeah. kind of a horrible way to die they hated him so much they were like you're not suffering I'm gonna stab you. Right, stab him, and then. So, but you believe he was a real dude? I think he was. I think, I mean, we could all we could throw out all the prophets if he wasn't right. Sure. Which you know, but, Elijah. But uh, I mean, Habakkuk. I am no scholar. I'll, I'll throw that out there sure. right now. Uh, were you raised Christian? Super. Were yeah, you raised? I'm confirmed Catholic. You're confirmed. So you did the whole catechism thing. You drank yeah. the juice. You drank the blood of Jesus. Oh yeah. You did the whole thing when you were 12. You did the. The confirmation where you have to learn all the things and then you wear all white and you go down and you kind of like marry Jesus, but not really. 
You know, I don't really remember it that well. Uh, just because I don't remember things from like ago, ago very well. Sure. But yeah, I, I assume that's what I did. Gotcha. I got a confirmation name I don't remember. I'm assuming it's my dad's. Sure. Um, you are wearing a super chain. Is that real gold? Oh, no way. No. It's not real gold. No. It's, it doesn't turn your neck green, though. So why why the big gold chain? I think I've uh, worn out the green neck part. I think oh, I've, okay. I've worn it so many times that it doesn't even do that to me anymore. Like, I've grown an immunity. I see. Uh, I'm hoping that's the case, because it hasn't done that for a while. But why the chain? I don't know. Uh, it was... Uh, Normally, my weekend chain, ah. I would put it on. It was, hey, it's the weekend time. Time to gold chain up. Sure. Uh, now, it's the weekend all week for me. Right. It's always the weekend. Does it get stuck in the chest hair? Does that ever become an not. issue? No. That that was a, has I have had that issue in the past, ah. but this one is uh, pretty solid. Nice. Uh, it was like 10 bucks on Amazon. Which Look at that. That's. I think that's more of a state. I think that's more of the style choice I wanted to make anyway. Right. The $10 like, Amazon choice. Now, what you, you used to work... Yes. And now, did you quit your job because you believed it was killing you, or did you... No, actually, my job was super... Uh, you loved your job. No, I, would, I wouldn't say I loved it. Oh. It, was, it was lax. I, a lot of people hate my job because they have to work a lot, but I managed to somehow like finagle it so that I wasn't. Uh, I was, so I was a public accountant, so... You're an accountant? Yeah, so I, I was... You're uh, a fucking accountant? I'm a CPA. You're a CPA? <laughs> this is totally blowing my fucking mind. Yeah. Your numbers guy, you sit in a room, you sit in a cubicle, and you... Actually, it's usually not a cubicle. When So I audited companies. Oh. So what I would do is uh, usually sit in whatever dank, dark closet they would uh, want to put me in, because they usually hate their auditors. Sure. And uh, that's where I'd sit, with like a team of like five, six people. Wow. Um, yeah, and so I'd, my, my job was auditing companies. Wow. Uh, mo I mostly did nonprofits and healthcare, which was partially why it was a lot easier like i didn't do like public companies like chevron and shit like that sure i did like stanford children's hospital right and like the cal academy of sciences you are a cpa do you have a do you have you have an mba too or just no no, no. well they kind of changed it recently so you pretty much have to have a master's to have a cpa but sure. i kind of snuck in under the wire right you're grandfathered in somehow yeah exactly so yeah now i'm doing look i'm Doing applications to do more similar type work, just not audit anymore because uh, it's just not that interesting at all. It'd be more right. interesting to work at an actual company that does stuff rather than one that just runs around auditing people. Right. You're just getting people in trouble or not in trouble. Yeah. You're like, you're yeah. okay. You suck. Pretty much. Right. Similar I can get money out of you somehow. Well, we're getting money out of people no matter what. They pay us. Right. It's government mandated. Oh, it's government mandated. Because of have, taxes or whatever, yeah. Well, every so every public company has to get audited. And then um, private companies a lot of times ought to get audited. Or like if they have a big loan out with the bank, they have to get audited. So, sure. Blah, blah, blah. Wow, you have the most boring job known to man. No wonder you like Burning Man so much. <laughs> well, I am fortunately uh, was good enough at the job where uh, I could get about... Uh, eight to ten hours of work done in about three to four. Wow! So most of it, once I became like more supervisory too, I was more like managing teams, and then it just became me making sure things were running smoothly and then reading comics all day. Wow! So that was actually pretty great. So the last three months of my job, I was kind of coasting, and also as soon as I told them I was quitting, they started like taking me Do off. You stuff. quit on purpose? Yeah. No, they didn't fire me. You were like, so. Is it just you wanted to change your life? You just said, 
I just got tired of the, the, the company and the job, and I wanted to get more experience in something else. Okay. And so now I'm... So this wasn't like, I'm changing my life, fuck this job, I'm going to well, go be a comedian. It's kind of, no, because I've been doing the comedy thing since like January, and I don't think I'm... Uh, I just don't have the, the willpower to do that. Ah. Uh, but I do, I mean, I do the comedy pretty frequently, but it's more of a more of a pastime, more of a hobby. Um, I just, uh, it is kind of funny though, because I did quit my job the day I got back from Burning Man. That's I had to explain so that it was unrelated. Oh, Be- funny. They knew, they knew it was coming, but it was still like, it was weird. I was like, I told them like, I'm going to quit. And they're like, okay, well, when do you want to do it? I was like, well, at the end of August. They're like, well, you should do it at the first week of September so you get insurance for September. I was like, oh, yeah, fine, sure. Uh, but I'm not going to be here that week. And they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I just pretty much like got like a free week of vacation. Wow. And then quit my job. I don't know why they're being so nice to me. <laughs> wow, that is intense. Uh, did you uncover any, like, New, I mean, this is a dumb question. But how did Burning Man change your life this year? Did it? What did it not? Because this is, you went two years in a row. This is, yeah, it's my third year. Third year in a row. Yeah. Wow. See, that's really interesting because the first year you're like, this is crazy. And then the second you're like, oh, I really want to go back. I did, I've never done three consecutive years because I thought that my second year was so great. I needed to take some time off before I went back because I just thought it would be lackluster on the third year. I would definitely say it was my tamest year so far, um, but I have, uh, well, two things. One, this is the first year I got to watch a guy kill himself. Uh, what? Uh, oh, like the guy at the end who ran into the fire yeah. and it was a suicide. That was a he... bit of a weird way to end everything. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but also, I've been... Um, it's been happenstance that I've had like a binge drinking weekend before Burning Man, so I pretty oh. much like ride like a binge drink into Burning Man. Sure, of course. And that's pretty tiring. And this year, right? Uh, yeah, I was up in Oregon for a rugby tournament, and then went straight down from that to Burning Man, and that was just it. Just took a lot out of me, and so I sure. didn't have as much energy as I had the prior two years. So I would say that that contributed to that definitely. Also, the heat was fucking insane this year. Yeah, I heard that that was crazy. Yeah. But I don't know. But did I mean, you have any like life-changing epiphanies, or did, were there any were there any drug-assisted situations oh, yeah. that made you change your perspective? Or uh, definitely, it had a lot to do with my uh, the relationship that I had that I broke up with my girlfriend in January. Oh, uh, was she there? No, but oh, okay. I, it was just I had been like bottling a lot of stuff up, like basically like trying not to be like resentful or anything like that. Oh, and then it just like came to me. Did like, she cheat on you? No. Uh, Long story. You don't have to tell her. Or you can. No, no, no. I'm I'm totally fine talking about it. Okay. But um, no, she didn't cheat on me. We're actually we're in an open relationship. Oh. Um, but she basically after six years like told me like I don't want to have children. I don't want to get married ever. Like I don't like want to live the life that you're gonna want to live eventually. Uh huh. And so she she called it off. And I still think. She was being like dishonest about some things, like blah blah blah. But for the while, for like the the time after that, I was just kind of trying to be to myself, like you know, tr- don't be resentful. Like if she's being truthful, like she's right. Like this is not the right relationship going forward. Sure. But you know, you were open for six years. You're an open no, relationship no, for no, six years. No, it was the open part lasted shorter. It was like for three years, maybe. Oh, okay. But, just to have um, the relationship. Did and did that you felt like that worked? I mean, I'm very interested in that actually. Like from a moralistic standpoint, especially since we're like, you know, 
a show well, about moralistic stuff. Like the all of the monotheistic religions pretty much say one relationship, monogamy is the way to go. Yeah. And any choices outside of that are you know, terrible or dishonest, but if you're in an open relationship and you're actually truly being honest with one another, that could be okay. But then I would never, I would, if any bitch fucking made out with Jonathan, I would lose my fucking shit. And that's just making out, not even like, you know, doing the whole business or whatever. Yeah. And I, I would, I mean, I would lose my mind. You were, you were okay with it. You're like, yeah, she's fucking other guys. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just kind of like, I mean, uh, a part of that was just kind of understanding, like, it's definitely a to-each-their-own thing. Like, we came to that, like, realization together. It's like, well, we don't care. Like, like we want each other to be happy as long as we trust each other that, like, we're still each other's primary, right? Uh-huh. Because, uh, I mean, we lived together. We were living together for, like, four, five but years. But then what do you do? You bring the person over to the house? Or you just no. do it to the... I mean, because... Well, she... So, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, a different dynamic, right? Because I wasn't, like turned on by her being over the guys but I was just kind of like okay like I want you to be happy right. and I'm not like I don't own you um, whereas she was actually way into me being with other girls oh so that was uh, it was kind of a different dynamic that way so would you just have lots of threesomes would she watch were she, you well because I'm so terrible with women no we did not have lots of threesomes <laughs> I don't know what she was even doing with me in the first place <laughs> Uh, I mean, I did like hook up with a couple other girls, but they weren't into it. they weren't into it. And so right, but uh, no, it wasn't really a threesome thing. Uh, it was just kind of like we just no, we never brought them back to the to our place together. We always went to someone else's place. Huh. It wasn't that frequent of a thing. Like sure. we spent so much time together, like because we were each other's like best friends for so long. Right, right. It was mostly just us spending time together. Yeah, um, and me driving other people away. Because <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I I think that you you seem to have lots of friends. I would no, think I you mean, as a person that drives people away. I am, no, it's not like that. Like I'm not like that big an asshole. But at first, like when people first meet me, I can be uh, a bit obnoxious or a bit like I just assume that I I treat everyone like I've known them for a long time, ah. and sometimes that means being really offensive. Oh, what do people get offended by? When you well, did you hear that other thing I, I said the other night? Like, uh, I've, I've been trying to work it into my stand-up, but it was like, uh, I got this really cute girl's number on Friday night after the dating show. Sure. And uh, I was texting her back and forth like the next day, and she seemed like down to keep, like, go grab a drink or something. And I was like, oh, well, where do you live at? And she said, oh, I'm, uh, I'm down in Daly City. And I said, oh, that's funny. You don't look Filipino. Ha, ha. That's so funny. <laughs> she didn't think so. <laughs> she didn't think that was hilarious? She oh said, no, my. I was offended by that last comment. I'm going to stop talking to you pretty much. Wow. That is so funny. Well, then, you know what? Tragically, she was born without a sense of humor. So well, that's, well that's, that's what I always tell myself fine. in my head. It's like, well, you know what? Like, no, that was funny. If people don't like that's it, funny. then it probably wasn't going to work out anyways, right? right. It, but, that's, that's very funny. Well, but she's that PC. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, I just never really got used to the whole, like... I don't know. It seems to me like the game that, the, the, like, hitting on girls or hitting on anybody, the game that you play is you act normal enough to, like, be around, and then you let the weird out. I, I, I've just always been myself, but I've never me internet too, dated, so... Yeah. And I had the roughest time. I mean, I didn't... I always had a rough time with men just because I'm honest. I'd be like... And people, my friends would be like, you have to act hard to get. You can't just be all out there. And I'm like, fuck that. If I want to make out with a guy at a party, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to push him up against a wall and be like, I think you're cute. And if that turns you off, well, then you probably don't want to be with me anyway. Yeah. And 
you know, I, well, I'll ask you this after. First, I'm going to tell you that this is the creepiest, most inappropriate thing I ever did with a dude. I uh, broke into his house and I <laughs> brought. That's a good start. Yeah. I broke into his did house. You, did you know him before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were okay, dating. Good, good. But I broke into his house. Oh, you were dating. Okay. We were dating. But okay. we, bro- we broke into his house when I knew he was at class because he was living on campus. And I brought over all the ingredients to bake fresh cookies. Then I made cookies in his kitchen, cleaned everything up, and left warm cookies on the counter. So when he got home, he was like, hey, roommates, what's going on? Who made the motherfucking cookies? And they're like, what? No, it wasn't. And he, and he was like, what? And then like later I was like, yeah, I, I uh, made you cookies. And he's like, how'd you get in? Well, I'm like, well, your window, I took off the screen and I went in through the window. <laughs> and he was like, we aren't, this isn't happening anymore. How he's long like, were you dating him? For oh, maybe like two weeks. Okay, there we go. <laughs> it was college. I wanted to break in and make him some cookies. I thought I was being cute. Well, again, if uh, he didn't like that, he, he probably wasn't going to like you. Yeah, did not like the breaking in the cookies. What's the weirdest, creepiest thing you've done to turn off a lady? Where she's been like, uh, besides the Filipino contest. Which is- but, well, you've heard me tell the fisting story where I told the woman when I, my, my arm was in a sling. Oh. And I, uh, the, a woman asked me, how did you do that? I said, I, I did it fisting your mom. <laughs> so very funny. She okay, so she. I know that she thought it was funny, but she was like, she was with a friend, and she was like, she, so that one, that was. I've, I've been also working this in my standup. It's yeah. Basically, like the me getting turned down standup. Sure, r- sure. Routine. And it so, works better with the hair when you had the long hair. I know. I look too normal now. You like look pretty it, normal. Me with the long hair, like wearing like a Letterman jacket. Yeah, like, yeah. Let me set the scene here. Yeah. So, yeah. Looking like I get. Uh, was called like either a horse fucker or a pedophile. You, you looked for a like long a substitute. Time. You looked like a, a summer school substitute teacher. Yeah, that's what I would say. That looked. If I was to guess your profession, I'd be like, oh, you're a substitute teacher for summer school. Like I was teaching. <laughs> like I was teaching CCD on court order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, <laughs> I was at uh, La Rocca's, uh, great bar yeah. down down in North Beach, and. Uh, I was very, very drunk, and I was wearing like, a, yeah, wearing my Letterman jacket. And I was out with my rugby friends, and I'm talking to these girls who were tourists at the bar. They're from like North Carolina or something, and that that bar randomly catches a lot of tourists because they're coming up from the wharf, right? Right. And so, and it's uh, right by Cobb's, so people who have seen a comedy yeah, and show, people who are might be like, yeah, pre-gaming or post-gaming the sure. comedy show, um, uh, were. So I'm talking to these women. They're they're not. They're like maybe in their 30s. They're very attractive, and. They they were into me because I was across the bar singing, uh, uh, fuck. I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. Oh. I don't know what oh, that song a, is, but it's I wish Robin. It was- Robin. Uh, anyways, it's like it's like a girl power song. Okay. Um, and so I was singing that across the bar, and they were like singing across me. And so we started like struck up a conversation. They were like, you know, still into talking to me, and. Uh, and yeah, at one point they asked me, I've got my arm in a sling. I said, how did, how'd you do that? I said, oh, I did a fist in your mom. And they were just like, what the fuck? And so I was like, all right, sorry. They're like, we're going to give you another chance here. Like, wow. They, they literally said, like, we're going to give you the chance to start this conversation over. Uh, and I said, okay, great. And I walk around, I turn around and come back. And before they even say anything to me, I said, I did this uh, fist in your mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just... Doubled down on them. They were just like blown away. Like they couldn't believe it. So like that's that's the kind of thing that I uh, need to clean up. <laughs> I don't think 
So I think it's very funny. Yeah, but I still would like to sleep with random women without like pushing right. them away. Like, sure, they sure. can find out how weird I am after they obviously they've slept with me. That's fair. That's fair enough. Yeah. Wow. So, but did so what was your your epiphany at Burning Man this year was I'm quitting my you already knew you were going to quit your knew job knew I was before. quitting my job so it was really just about the relationship and just, just that I you was you came to terms with well I guess came to terms that I like even though I wasn't trying to be resentful I still fucking super was and it was right. just like it was just kind of festering and I needed to kind of deal with that and that was like a big that was a kind of big moment for me and that was what uh-huh. kind of started it off so, alright uh yeah it was like an hour and a half of like you know crying to myself and thinking <gasps> about that oh yeah I don't even you know, fucking ton of acid. Oh, uh, yeah, acid will do that. <laughs> yeah, you just don't go to a psychic on acid or don't forget oh, that you're on acid. no, thank you. I did that yeah. one time out there, and that was what kind of killed, like, the spiritual aspect of that place with me. Um, was, I think my first year I went out there, and I, I went out and, like, asked some, like, spiritual thing about, like, about my relationship. And it yeah. was like, yeah, you guys are uh, uh, always going to be there. She's always going to love you. And then it was like, Oh, she break up with me. Like, oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> um, and I know it's like, I, I, probably, I can't throw the baby out with bathwater. Did, did she go to Burning Man with you in the past? No, she never went She with never me. went. No. Well, good, because it's, I mean, it's, God, Burning Man with a with a significant other is just a nightmare. It's just I not always, any fun at all. Well, there was a, Unless yeah. you really, really love each other and like one Well, we all. were very much. Um, but I do, I do think it wasn't quite for her. Plus, it was always just really terrible timing because uh, she's a teacher. Oh, yeah. I used to have that problem, too. Yeah. It's that like first week of school. First week of school. Yeah. yeah. And if your school starts really early, like in August, then it's like the third week of school. But still, when you come back, you're just fucked up. It's like so hard. And Yeah. In you the- need that, you know, like, oh, you're going to come back with like zero serotonin, a bunch of kids like you don't really know yet. Right, exactly. And they've been dealing with a sub the past week. Like, yeah. They're fuck de- that. Yeah, it's going to be a like, huge she problem. She had trouble enough dealing with those little shitheads when she was nine. She, she was an eighth grade teacher in Viz Valley. Like, wow. You know, so she had to deal with that shit. I, yeah, oh, eighth grade's interesting. I know. <laughs> it's okay. No one listens to me. Uh, right. That's not true. We get we get some good downloads, but they won't even. No one even knows what Viz Valley means unless they're really a San Franciscan. How That's long true. have you lived in the city? Uh, six years. Oh, okay. I'm from Novato. Oh, that's nice up yeah. there in the. Yeah, and then I went to Berkeley and then came here. You went to UC Berkeley? Yeah. You're a white guy that went to UC Berkeley? Well, I. Uh... Jesus, you must have been smart when you were younger. <laughs> uh, I'm still smart. Oh yeah, I, no, I, uh, I well, I also so technically I got in for rugby. Um, oh, um, I might have gotten in for grades like on my own, but uh, I got like officially recruited for rugby. Wow! Yeah, they they actually they actually care about that sport. Uh, it's, it seems because it, it, it's in the United States. It just seems kind of like in, you guys are still at playing Berkeley. Rugby. It's like the program in the United States. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, we have. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that factor into it. One being that our alumni are very rich and uh, like, actually give a lot of money back to the program. So we like, we're a self-funded program that like has good equipment. Uh, we have our own field and everything like that. Whoa! <laughs> what then, kind of equipment is there? It's a weird ball. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm just talking about like jerseys and, oh, okay. and everything. Like our players don't have to pay for anything. Oh, which is different from pretty much every other club. Well, yeah. But we also have uh, because we're a varsity sport. We're not an NCAA sport, but we're still associated with the university. We get access to the training facilities and oh. the medical facilities, which is really big. Because, oh man, like you get hurt. 
you get hurt but like even if you're not hurt just like helping to maintain your body like those ice baths there are, whoo, oh like, okay taking an ice bath you get like the trainers like giving you like the, the deep tissue massages Ooh. and stuff like that like anytime uh. you get hurt like you're not paying for anything which is huge right and well and rugby's like football without pads well, so yeah I mean, and without concussions right like they don't you know we, people say that and i agree on a big scale because especially when you get to the later league like the later stages of football right everyone just gets so much bigger you know college sure. uh you know high school college and uh, nfl like everyone's so big and they have the pads and they truck at each other that being said i got more concussions playing rugby than i did playing football oh like definitely um but part, part of that was my fault uh bad form um if you do everything right you really mostly shouldn't get, get it, but, <laughs> but you know, there's still things that happen. Have you ever talked to Matthew Quirk about, he plays rugby? Yeah, I, I've talked to him a little bit about it. Yeah. Uh, and there's another guy, he used to do comedy, Johnny Isaacs. Mm, he know. does rugby, but he plays on a gay rugby team. The they're Fog. All, they're all gay. The Fog. Yeah. Uh, they actually so cool. started, one of, the, one of the founding members was an ex-Cal player, the guy who was on United 93, Mark Bingham. All right. Yeah. Well, we, we always, Do you still play? Yeah. Oh. That's how I got the shoulder. Oh, it wasn't from fisting your mom. It, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, no, it was actually. Well, that was the, that's the third part of the joke. Now is then I say like they gave me another chance. And I come <laughs> back and I say, uh, you know, I was actually playing a rugby game up in Santa Rosa and I went to tackle this very large Polynesian man. Uh, that part is true. <laughs> that's how I dislocated my shoulder. But what I then say is, but uh, when I hit him, you know, I, I hit him and I kind of span off. And lo and behold, your mom was there, <laughs> bent over right on the field, and my arm just went right in. And it probably would have been fine. I was about elbow deep, and then she coughed, and uh, everything. And just, and <laughs> right. You know. That's that's that's. Funny. That's how things happen. That's good. That's how you officially turn off women and make them. Yeah. Yeah. No, the weird part about that. It's the funny. weird part about the actual story is that didn't even drive them away. They actually came to karaoke with us afterwards, and uh, I still managed to blow it somehow. I don't remember how. What's your go-to karaoke song? I have a, a whole list. I would say my number one all time is Kiss from a Rose. Oh, God. Yeah. Seal. Yes. And every time I hear that song, all I can think about Bad is... Bad man. The Shameless thing. Oh, I didn't see Shameless. In Shameless, they, there's this one guy who can only have sex with that song on. And so, <laughs> like, it's, it's, so you just, like, every time you hear the song, you're like, oh, he's having sex. <laughs> yeah. Uh... My, so, but I guess my top three would be that um, I would do anything for love. Oh, right, that Meatloaf. longest song ever by Meatloaf. Believe it or not, it's only five minutes. The longest song is "Bad Out of Hell." Oh. I've done that one too, but that goes on for forever. And you're, unless you're singing the whole time, then you just end up doing like awkward piano solo, air piano. Right, solos. right, right. Maybe a dance break. Yeah, yeah. Man. Well, there's plenty of. And then I think number three, uh, I don't know. It's probably a fight between "Forgot About Dre." Oh, what? Can you really do that? Uh -huh. I guess it's, he's not rapping that fast. No, he's not. Um, but when you're really drunk, I do stumble over the words sure, a lot. Sure, of course. But, you don't have it all memorized. But everyone likes to sing along with the chorus, and that's what's important with the karaoke song. Yes, it is, it is important to get but the crowd. But the other one the is uh, Just a Friend. Oh, uh-huh. That one's pretty fun. And and all those are all pretty easy songs. Things Kia C. Yeah. Easy songs. You don't have to you're not gonna bust your voice out, like hurt yourself. Belting. Yeah, the only ones I do that with are uh, I believe in a thing called love. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's hard to do the falsetto and, uh, voice. Take on me. Oh, uh-huh. Another I can't I can't sing that either. And that's a weird key. That one's like an A minor or yeah. A flat or something. It is some a little weird off. D D flat, some some weird fucking key um 
mine are separate ways by journey Ooh, that's good. Uh, I'm I'm really quite good at that one. I also uh, very much enjoy um, the reflex, flex, 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 flex by Duran Duran. I don't know. That the one. reflex. I don't know a whole lot of Duran Duran. No, 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 no. Maybe I've heard it. It's a good song. Uh, anything by Duran Duran, though. Actually, I can really rock it out. Um, and I wrote down one the other day that I was supposed to. Oh. It's a Maroon 5 song. And so, this love has taken control of <laughs> That me. was like she said their first one, right? Or like there's... Too many times before. Well, that was like one of their first three. Yeah, it's a before fun song to sing. Before everyone knew what a douche nozzle like that He's such a douche nozzle, nozzle, absolutely. But everyone still loves the song when you it sing it. It was, a pop, it was a good pop song. It was it's like a good pop, pop rock song. song. Well, and it's... I, we told you last week incorrectly. It's this week. It's the last Friday of the month at Bender's that has karaoke. So, that's going to be hopefully this Friday... After Pamtastics, I will convince Jonathan to let me go sing some. But but the thing is, but the time I'm done here doing four hours of comedy, I'm usually like, fucking, I don't, I don't want to do any stage time. I don't want to sing. I don't want to perform fucking karaoke. But I, I really do enjoy singing. In it front is of fun. People. Well, mostly these days I'm doing the Japantown karaoke stuff. Oh, like in little rooms. Because you have actual friends. This is the amazing thing. Not that many. Uh, you do. You're still a bringer. You actually are a great person to book because you always bring an audience. All the rest of these comedians have no real friends. So they just have no one to bring. Like I at least have Jonathan. So I'm no matter what I'm bringing one person. So, you know, yay me. But I can't get anybody else to come out to comedy. Like they don't, they're not going to well, do it. Well, we'll see how, how long that train goes because everyone's been like, yeah, like I've been talking to a lot of people are like, yeah, I'd love to come see you. And then, you know, whether or not they come to a second show is the, is the question, right? right? But I, yeah, I mean, I grew up here. I know a lot of people between rugby and ah. uh, and Cal, which has a lot of sure, people here. Sure. And then my family is really big too. And they all, they're all from San Francisco. Oh, that's so nice. You have support. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can always probably count on a couple people, but uh, we'll see how long that that's, lasts. Yeah, it's amazing. I, well, so I've been doing the comedy for six years now and there's no there's nobody left there, there's nobody like everyone knows they're like yeah yeah we're, we're like I'm at the bar it's 5 30 like where are you going I'm like just like every Monday and every Friday going to those shows that I run that you're always invited to come on by yeah. come on by come by listen to some comedy they're like nah. I can yeah. I'm gonna try to bri- I bribe them give them weed food or what uh what's your favorite drug I probably acid. I mean, yeah. to uh, well, I probably most frequently drink and smoke. Obviously, yeah, sure. You, I, I try to not too frequently do acid, just because I like to like save that feeling a little bit. Sure. Uh, I do a decent amount of Molly. Shrooms are fun, but I feel like they're. I like acid better than shrooms, and huh. acid's kind of easier. Really? Yeah. I think shrooms are a lot easier than acid. Mm. Yeah. Just because I'm such a I'm such a lightweight. Like I'm like microdose shrooms now, it's super easy and I can have a yeah, really fun time without like microdosing. Yeah, microdosing acid is a little trickier. Right. Well I put it into a water bottle and then I drink it over time, but I still get pretty high. And if I take a like I'll take a hit and put it in a water bottle and drink it over time and then I can kinda handle it. But if I take a whole hit at once, I mean I'm like I mean I can't see everything gets confusing i'm like like i can't talk for a while it just it really i've taken a lot of acid in my days and i don't know if it's that it reawakens the old acid inside me or if i just at this point am too old more research yeah i just don't understand why i get so fucking high off one hit same thing with molly I, i can only take it 
I have to, if I have to take it a quarter, whatever somebody gives me, I divide that in fourths and I take it a fourth at a time. Because if I take a whole pill of something, I'm going to be a gibbering mess. Well, mostly Molly these days, I've just been uh, have, getting the baggies and just kind of casually dipping. Ah. Because uh, unless you're at like a two hour, three hour concert, it's like, uh, it's kind of annoying to like take a pill and then you're just like fucking rolling like a motherfucker for like three hours. And then, right. and then like you kind of chasing that dragon after that sure and then uh you don't want it to be doing that so well and you can't um once you have taken a certain amount you you burn yeah. out your you're serotonin. fresh out of serotonin yeah you can't thoughts. that was the, the you, problem that's what i'm saying like chasing the dragon like you're not going to get that that rollback yeah, the, the first year i went to burning man in 2002 i we did not understand about burning out your receptors um so there yeah, was a night where we took like, yeah exactly so we the, the problem was at the beginning of the week we took Molly and acid together and Wee. then and it was great yes. but then the next night we all tried to take Molly again and the night before I was like having to take little bits but then all of a sudden I'm on two hits and I'm like I'm not my friends took three and a half hits and we're like what's going on what's going on and then we recognized later we're like oh okay so that doesn't work so the yeah. following year we actually made like a schedule we were yeah, like yeah exactly we so that's start what with you have, to, you have to take two days in between doing the molly because you have to build up your spinal fluid stuff back and serotonin yeah and blah, all blah, that blah. stuff and well, if you yeah so if you take shrooms one day you can take acid the next day but if you take acid and you try to take acid again you have to take more yeah yeah it's weird that's, Pharmacology. That's, 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 vet, that's veteran shit right there. Right. Your drug schedule. Drug schedule. Yeah, you got to know what, <laughs> what you can do. Well, because it was just, it was a bummer because I was with a lot of people and, and we were consuming too many drugs and not getting the full benefits from them. And yeah. that's because and that's we were stupid. Right. That's that was super disappointing. It was like, like, like I want yeah. to, uh, I want to be altered. Yeah. I want to be altered. I like to be altered. What do you think that is about human beings that we want to be altered? Like we've been taking even, or not even just humans, just even maybe maybe mammals because even pigs and horses you know if they are in a field and uh, the apples fall on the ground and they ferment they will eat them and they all get drunk because it gets boring being yourself all the time it's because it's boring You're, it's a long life you it's, know and it's from boredom we take drugs because we're bored and just I mean you could be I mean there's the there's and it's not like you know, people don't grow and change over time, but still just being yourself on a day in day out basis. You know, everyone says life is short, but life is actually kind of long when you look at it from a living as yourself perspective, right? Right. Well, if you hate yourself. Well, that helps. That definitely right. makes you want to alter it a little bit more. Yeah, that's that always works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of hating yourself, I'm uh, I'm hosting Brainwash tonight. If you want to come out, <laughs> I think I was I was probably gonna head over there. Yeah, good. You already you already applied to the festival, so you get an extra two minutes for free. Whee! And a and a and a and a weed treat because you already Sweet. applied. I can try it on my racism stuff. That has, yeah, has you know, landing. racism <laughs> is ra okay. Racism is terrible, but the concept that people are doing jokes and that you're doing jokes about it and you're trying them out that's important because we have to keep the dialogue alive. That's what, like. Comedy has no meaning if we're just going to do dick jokes all the time. Now, as a feminist, I can do dick jokes and I can be like, look, I'm, I'm making fun of the patriarchy. Meow. <laughs> but like, what else are we doing except trying to, I mean, language is political. We're, I, I just feel like yeah. racism jokes are important right now because the concept that we're all still racist is like fucking weird to me. I'm like, well, are we, we're really still, why are we still racist? 
Well, it definitely doesn't help that we're white. Uh, right. Yeah, I know. I'm very, very white. <laughs> I'm, I'm as white as they come. I was born on third base, too. I mean, I grew up in Danville. My parents paid for my college education. I have master's degrees, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But I third, was born on third base. But for some reason, the argument that uh, we're Irish and we didn't come over here until 1920 doesn't seem to hold water. Right. It's like, I couldn't have owned slaves. Like, there's no one of that in my bloodline. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and people didn't like the Irish. We, I'm, I got the Irish in me, too. Oh, yeah. They didn't, they didn't like them a whole lot. They didn't like them. Nope. Uh, but now, now we're fine. Now we're part of Well, the... you just get enough numbers. Get it, own know, the police be Catholic, system. Get, own the police system. Get a, if you can't beat them, join them. That was the police uh, psychology. There's back you in can't the day. Beat well, them. well, no, the, beat I mean them. that's what. It, yeah, literally, because I mean the police were the biggest. I mean back in the day, the police were a little less organized, right? They were just basically whoever the biggest gang in the city was. Right. Well, it's, that's because we used to actually police ourselves. Like there yeah. were there were no. It wasn't part of you like, had, the like, government like, system. Constabularies who would like identify high profile people and you know take them out if necessary but there wasn't like a, a police police in every corner for a long right. time and there are employees that's the thing that's so dumb is that the police are our employees and we give them so much power they work for us and yet they can be like fuck you you know you're incarcerated for whatever reason yeah yeah that's, that's <gasps> were you worried at burning man this year about because the um in Nevada, it's super illegal to consume drugs. So mm-hmm. I heard that now they have infrared cameras, and at night they're looking for people smoking pot. What? I have nothing to do. But I you know heard what? that the, the, the one car that's an art car that has cameras all over it is actually an FBI car. I, and it actually has cameras, and they actually film people. I didn't even, so A, I didn't see that art you car. You didn't see that art car? And B, I'm mostly smoking uh, vaporizer these days anyway. Oh, good for you. Well, because especially out there, my throat gets so fucked up. Right. I mean, just... This is a smart move. Sure. I smoked a couple of joints, but I never had to worry. Yeah, you didn't worry because you were vaporizing. And uh, Afrin, Coke and Afrin bottles really. Yeah, big that's, that's yeah, the that's big move goes out for there. That. Yeah, yeah, big move. Good stuff. Keeps it because your, your nose gets so dry and weird boogery anyways. It's like sad. Oh, God. Yeah. The also, sinuses are always just blown out by the end of it. It's, what, uh, what was the best thing about this year and the worst thing about this year? Oh, let's see. Best thing about this year? Well... No dust storms was pretty great. No dust storms, one, not a one. One dust storm. Okay. Um, one big one. I mean, so in Deep Playa, there was a, a couple, uh, but nothing crazy. And that's sure. kind of, you know, that comes with Deep Playa. But there's only one, like, really big dust storm. Like, there's nothing at night ever. Cool. Um, the daytime, there was only ever one. It was actually a, a dust slash thunderstorm, which is kind of cool. Uh, and it didn't last that long. It was maybe, like, two hours, I want to say. I kind of fucked up my tents and everything, but... Uh, after that, I mean, that's part, part of the reason I think was the heat, uh-huh. uh, like that heat was just kind of warding it all off. Uh, you know, I'm not a meteorologist. The air was still with heat. Yeah. Some days it was a little fucking unbearable. Um, but so that was, yeah. And then I don't know the worst part, my bike sucked ass. So yeah, <laughs> trying to get around at some point I was just kind of like, fuck this. Like, yeah. I'm just going to bar hop on nine o'clock because i was at like nine fifteen. yeah but one year my my buddy and i we only had one bike between the two of us and it we should have just not even brought a bike yeah having one bike between two people was because we couldn't figure out like who to be on the handlebars and who not to be and how are we going to do this and the whole and it was like it just became we're just not using the bike we yeah. just walked everywhere we were fine 
Yeah, I'm gonna look into. I know that some bikes, some camps will do rentals. Oh. So I'm kind of tired of renting a truck because it's really expensive, and that's what yeah. I've been doing. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna see if I can just rent bikes out there, and then just see if I can pack everything in. Yeah. But at the well, same well, time, well, you take that big bus. That's what the kids are doing now. Oh, the bird bus. They take the well, it's bird hard to get bus. Tickets and. Uh, you know, I don't like. I, I appreciate a little flexibility. Sure. Although I don't appreciate almost crashing my car when I'm driving home and fucking seeing things. It is right, <laughs> and I was so dumb <laughs> in 2007. I was so dumb. It took us so long um, to get out, but I, I decided while I was waiting because it took us like 12 hours to get out of there. I decided to suck on um, a pot lozenge, and I was just like going whatever. And then we actually started moving, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Shit. Now I'm super high and I'm driving this huge truck and I'm go I mean it was sc- and we were driving back to San Diego and it was really far oh, shit. and I'm you just like go to the San- that's different. Right. So I'm just I'm, going back to San Francisco. Right. We, so we finally get out of the area it took like 12 hours like slept in the car as we're trying to get out you know it's Monday or whatever and we finally get on the real road and I just took this lozenge too late and then I'm like so high because you forget when you're not at Burning Man when you get back to the regular world how many drugs like what your tolerance had become and how yeah. many drugs you were taking and you don't even feel it when you're out there sometimes it's like oh I'm well, super high oh well, okay I mean just by day 7 of anything you're gonna be normalized day 7 right. of binge drinking you're gonna sure. you know, drunk is gonna be the normal thing right Right. and that's essentially what's happening out there too I don't think I was sober for a second yeah no yeah, <laughs> of course uh and yeah, so then, yeah, by the time you get back here and you sober up, you're like, oh, God. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, it's hardcore. Yeah. Ugh, and by the time you're, well, if you run at a truck, you've got to like clean it and then take it in and yeah. it's a nightmare. Well, I took it to the, I took it to the, uh, like a cleaner. The, everywhere here is like a Burning Man special car wash now. It's yeah. like a hundred bucks to like get it clean to detail. Sure. Because everyone's got a rental. If you take it back there, it's like 300 if they see that it's been to Burning Man. Right. They, so what do you just lie? You're like, I need it for this week, and I'm going to. I mean, they don't ask. Oh, okay. Uh, it's only they just pretty much tell you like if if we see like the signs, which is usually just that the engine's fucked up. Right. So as long as they you make sure that whoever's cleaning your truck cleans the engine. Right. Clean the undercarriage. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Crazy. Yeah. Uh, my uncle. My How brother- much money did you do you think you you busted out this year on it? Let me guess. Fifteen hundred dollars. That was exactly what I was going to say. Okay. Uh, I could probably have spent a little less. I think about some of the things that I bought. Probably didn't need to, you know. Uh, didn't need to bring as much drugs as I did. Oh, really? Uh, no, because I always bring a little more than I, you know, in case I have friends that are sure. in need and whatnot. Uh, but yeah. But it's scary to bring drugs out there because if you do get pulled over. Yes. That's you're no fun. fucked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty good driver. Um, I'm not, I wasn't like, I'm not usually super worried about that. Um, but I do know plenty of people I've gotten, yeah. Yeah, super busted. Because if the cops see that you come from, if you've done anything wrong, they want to pull you over. Because they're like, you're this person's like, been to Burning Man. Like, the, the signs are so obvious. Yeah, and you're doing like 11 and a 10 on the way in there, right? Right. That, that's your most dangerous stretch. Sure, sure. But luckily, you know, the truck usually has cruise control, so I'm not like speeding. I'm just like... Just fucking, chill. Just chill. Like, I'd rather get home with uh, without a citation. Right. Or a misdemeanor or a fucking probably felony. Felony, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Based on what I'm carrying sure. around. Sure. Well it's and that's it's it doesn't help that I keep it doesn't help that I keep all everything in a, a 
like a tin box that says drugs across. Oh the right, uh huh. That's probably that's, <laughs> that's not helpful. Just, you yeah. could actually get signs and point it to the if, tin if that said drugs. Neon, that would be if good. If they were yeah. neon, that'd be a little like, more drugs here. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, yeah. you kind of. It's now that you've cut the hair, you don't look like such a miscreant. But I didn't cut the hair when I was there. Oh, I was still fully Oh, you were still shaggy drug user. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now I look a little more respectable. But that doesn't matter, right? The car. Let's see if they go look at that car and all the fucking fuzzy bikes in the back of it. You're right. Like, well, fuck off. You, yeah, you know where they, you're coming from. Exactly. And they and they have stigma against drug users. Weird. When did you, um, when did you decide that uh, Jesus was a load of shit? Or do you still believe a little bit? Are no, you, no. I mean, I don't believe really... Uh, you don't believe the Catholicism anymore. You know, did you ever believe it? Were you like, yeah? I when I was growing up, I was very much. I mean, I was like talking about becoming a priest and shit. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, we because, my, because they'd take care of you and you wouldn't have to work, or because why would you? I mean, the only reason no, I, just I mean like I mean like younger. Like, well, what the, I considered being a nun, but the only reason was that they house you, they feed you, and you don't have to be in the army. It was like you can get, you know, it was it was one of those things of like, I don't. I don't. I could. Someone would take care of me. And, and as a kid, I didn't understand like that you could do things for yourself because I was a girl. But I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I don't want to live with my parents forever. So the best thing to do would be to go to a nunnery because then I wouldn't have to live with them. But Get I'd still thee. have someone take care of me. Get thee to a nunnery. Um, <laughs> no, I. I would say that it was just more like the concept of helping people with, as like a young child. It's oh. like you know, always very appealing. Um, and I wouldn't say that you know. It, the consoles like I, I definitely like my family was never like super like strict Catholic it was just like you're gonna get confirmed I mean I, it was it's as much a cultural thing being Irish as it is sure. a religious thing and my dad was never like preachy like my, my parents were never really that preachy but it huh. was always just like you're going to church and uh, fortunately I did have some like pretty like good priests that were like you know interesting and they weren't like you know, they didn't touch you in your naughty places they did not fortunately unless I've blocked that out I hope not um, <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, it, it was like, it was all in all like a pretty good community. And like, you know, all of our family friends were there, you know, sure. and all my family was there. And so it all just seemed very natural to me. But like once it started to like actually studying like history, uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, the Spanish Inquisition, like, that was pretty fucked up. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, you know, pretty much, you know, our conquest of the new world, like, oh, that was pretty fucked up. Like, and then it would just became kind of like. You know, when, and that's the thing is like, I wasn't raised to not question everything, right? And, right. And it just kind of became like, so we're taking this script that was translated over and over again by people that maybe weren't the best translators. You know, if you take anything and translate it back and forth enough times, you're going to have some weird things going on. Absolutely. And then, and then you have like these theologians like taking it down to like the word. And you're like, well, that word could have been fucking translated wrong. Sure. Do you even like? Do we have the original text? Like, well, it's Ar it was it was Aramaic. Aramaic. Yeah. Like, how the f it went from Aramaic to Greek. Yeah. And then from Greek to Latin. Yeah. And then from Latin to. Well, the other problem was that the priests were the only people who were educated and knew how to read. And that's the other thing too, right? Is is for that information was controlled for so long by. Yeah. A, tightly knit group of people who right that were. symbols turn into words and words go into thought but that's the thing is if people don't think it's way easier to control them and that's I mean I mean that that was the world for so long mm -hmm. you know I mean the, the idea of free thought and people being educated is a very young concept right and so about flat earthers are back <laughs> and somehow somehow and I, I well I always find that I mean interesting right is that 
I think that's just kind of a symptom of people kind of losing the faith in religion is that people are like kind of looking, they're looking for answers. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that, you know, there's a lot of fucking weirdos out there providing like, you know, we've been taught to question everything for so long, right? Right. Everything. And yet at the same time, it's like, we say to people like, well, yeah, but also don't question the fucking earth is round you dumbass. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, but then the, I don't know. It's like, it's the flat earth thing is the one one I don't get. Like I get, I don't get it. Either. I get like other, like moon landing conspiracy. I get the I, moon landing conspiracy. I, I get, get that. Like I get that. Conspiracy. I get the I get all that. I get, I get where you're coming from. Like distrusting the government, like totally get that. Sure. I do not like, where is the, who benefits from the flat earth? Like, right. No, it makes no sense. The ice wall around the side. It's yeah. like, really there's, there's an ice wall all the way around that keeps us from falling off. Like, we're the flat in like earth. game of Thrones. Like, right. That's exactly. What people are fucking thinking. Exactly. Like, and, and it's like, I just want to tell these people, like, okay, stop using the internet. Stop using cell phones. Stop using, like, any p- fucking piece of technology developed in the last hundred years. Because if you think the fucking flat, the earth is flat, then you probably think that all these scientists are full of shit. And yeah. You should probably stop using all these things they invented. Exactly. Well, that's the whole the whole reason that our cell phones work is that we're using satellite towers that are go, that are no, in but the orbit around kinda, them. They kind of hover. They, 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 they say they that stay, they hover. I don't know what they say. They've got it. They, they're moving. I've seen the them. diagrams they make. And I, it's like, oh, crazy. Well, but that's the thing is, I mean, and this show is about belief. It's like, how do you change your beliefs or how do you decide yeah. what's real and what's not? Like... If do I give, sort of believe in the matrix? Kind of. Do I think that we're actually not here and we're actually just pods in some weird thing and aliens are sucking off our life force and this is all a construct? No. But I can like imagine that in some sort of post-apocalyptic dystopian society that that could be a thing. And it's a fun like fantasy of like, oh, metaphoric fantasy of we're all slaves to this idea. But I don't really think that the Matrix is, is real. But that's kind of like, <laughs> it's it's just kind of a, th- it's kind of a place, right? Where you, you start with something and then something, like something reasonable. And in this case, where, where if you're talking about the Matrix, right? Then you're talking about like the idea that consciousness is in, like entirely a human construct. And that like reality as we know it is entirely a human construct because it's based on what we have in our heads and it's based on what's being formed in our brains by whatever right and right. that it's the world is just the, we all see the world as we understand it not as it is right the time is a construct and yeah, yeah. and then stuff. you know people can go from there to something else completely like wackadoodle but like you can see like where they came from right like sure they have a base level that is just like okay like i, I kind of get that well and and that's where I mean Jesus gets kind of wackadoodle for me because it's like we make make him into a symbol and we say you zombify him and say eat my flesh drink my blood it will make you pure and that's like the I could see a child not understanding what was happening and kind of becoming sort of a serial killer about it, right? And like <laughs> chopping people up and being like, like I'm oh, drinking no, no, their I'm, blood and yeah. I'm eating their body. It's it's in sacrament of Christ. Like that could be. But it's contextually, how do we know what are symbols and what aren't? And how do we judge? I mean, in kids these days with everything, what is real and what's not? If, if it tells you on your phone, does that mean it's real? If it... Yeah, and we're kind of moving into a whole new era where we're going to have no idea, like, how they're interacting with the world, right? Oh my God. This is the children with all of their access to technology. It's so scary. It's like, it's, and they don't even know 
when they don't know the difference they don't know what a leap it's been in the past 15 years yeah. like just being able to access the internet like immediately like yeah like like oh i want information think there I'm, I'm connected my connection's so slow it's like dude you have no idea you don't know 56k you don't you don't know, know trying to watch porn on 56k <laughs> was it loads line by line <laughs> like oh i got a nipple da, da, i got a nipple yeah yeah it's the old the oldie days yeah now these kids they have access to all the porn it's like how are they going to make good decisions about their lives when they have all the porn yeah i can barely do it <laughs> all the porn <laughs> but imagine being a 12 year old boy and being like i you don't just have like Playboy or fucking, uh, you know, Victoria's Secret catalogs. You have all the porn. Yeah. You've got the snuff porn. You've got the, you've got the yeah, you sad have, porn. You, you don't got have the to heroin like order porn. it from like Russia anymore. No. Like, you can just go on the internet and find it. Yeah. It's really easy. It's it's all it, it's are they all their little phones. And then there's terrible people that this one guy he posted he looked at his daughter's phone and he hadn't looked at her phone before and this guy had been texting her he found her in some room or something some chat room or some kind of thing and he's texting her these terrible things he's like do you masturbate you know all these weird creepy things about like do you make out she's like what's that he's like it's when a guy sticks his tongue inside your pussy and she's like she's 11 she's reading this and the dad he posted all of it on Facebook and he's like please check your children's phones yeah how about don't give your 11 year old a fucking iPhone you fucking stupid parents why does what does even child of 11 years old need a phone they can if there's an emergency they can ask an adult to call 911 but they they want it but they want it to do what what are they texting their little friends what do 11 year olds have to say to each other like I was watching the Disney channel and isn't I mean what are they gonna say what do they have to communicate to one another I don't know. I don't know either. I don't get it. I don't it. remember being 11 very well, though. Let's see. That was sixth grade, probably. I mean, I... I didn't have any friends. When I was in sixth grade, I'd call my girlfriends on the phone, and we'd talk about calling boys, but we never did it. Because what do you say to a boy on the phone? Yeah. Uh, I didn't, you know. Wow. I don't know. Uh, but we, yeah, we'd talk about... But we, I wasn't even allowed to use the phone, really, like at, when I was 11. Oh, we had to... Well, technically, we had two phone lines, one for the internet, and then, but that was like internet slash my sister. Oh. And then we had one for mainline, because she was on the fucking phone. How old is your sister's older? She was like four years older than me. Oh, wow. So were you in high school at the same time with her? Or did, no, no. Or did you she miss was, each other? We missed each other. That's great. Good yeah. for you that you didn't have to do that. Yeah, no. It was, but it was kind of nice, because everyone, all the teachers liked my brother and my sister who came before me. Oh. So I had a nice... Easy, Easy transition. transition, yeah. Although my mom did work in the attendance office. Oh. So that... You was, had the inside scoop. Well, no, I just really couldn't fuck off at all because she'd hear about it instantly. Right, but she could call in for... Well, she just wasn't a caller in her kind of person. No, no. Because she could just get there and be like, Marty's sick. Oh, no, no. Well, I was generally pretty good with school. Uh, well, you went to Berkeley. Yeah. But did you find did you find it to be a really difficult? Was it a really hard school to go to? Is it was it worth all the hype? Because we were, taught, I mean, I went to UC San Diego, but we were like oh, UC Berkeley's a special school for super smart people. But I feel like all you, well, I mean, except for UC Davis, fuck UC Davis, smells like cows. I had to be there to get my teaching credential there. <laughs> Places. That's where my brother went. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. I got I got my teaching credential there. My ex-husband got his veterinary credential there, but yeah. or veterinary school, whatever, doctorate. They do have a good vet school. They do, but 
Oh God, Davis was a pile of shit. We, I mean, I didn't, I didn't like it that much there. It smells like it smells terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, <clears throat> I think it depends on what you're doing there. Uh, mm-hmm. Once you're in, you could find an easy major and just kind of coast. Um, there's plenty of liberal arts bullshit you could have done. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but it was like the sciences and everything. Like anything the Asians were doing was just ultra competitive. Sure. Um, anything the Asians were doing. No, I mean, seriously. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm talking about like, you're talking about classes on a curve where if you hand someone your homework to turn it in for you, they might just throw it out. Oh, because yeah. they, cause they're like, aha, like, it helps my, my grade. Like, yeah, because this is my section. Like, this is, this is where my grade comes from. Oh, that's just so, that's just morally wrong. Yeah, and I, I, ended, up, I ended up doing economics, um, which there was never an issue for me, and uh, having to run into people like that. And fortunately, like, I'm obviously numbers interested and so economics was interesting for me and so it wasn't like super easy uh but it wasn't super hard either the only i mean the only like really hard classes were like the really heavy like statistics ones because that's just like yeah i i didn't i i had to take um i had to take a statistics class i will it it at uc san diego you have to take you know certain core things blah blah, blah and, yeah. and i i had failed uh calculus and i was like i can't I had to change my major because I was like I'm never gonna pass calculus. It was the same thing with bi- biochem. I was like I'm or ochem. I was like I'm never gonna pass ochem. I'm o-chem. not gonna. Ochem was insane. I was like I'm not gonna be yeah. a doctor. It was a weeder class and it weeded me right out. So once I changed my major to theater, then I was like oh I could take statistics instead of math. Ha 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 ha. But it was still very difficult for me. I just don't deal with numbers very well. Yeah, and I was decent at that. But even like the the econometrics was like basically like economic. Economics mess with money's made up anyway. Money's a made up idea. It's true that we pass around and now we got Bitcoin, we got all this. It's all made of little pieces of paper that have nothing behind it anymore. Yet we we have inflation and things get big. I mean, I've seen signs from the 60s where they're like three pounds of green beans, three cents, or whatever. You know, it's like crazy how we've artificially inflated everything. Yeah. People used to make $10,000 a year. Now you have to make $150,000 a year to survive. You know, it's like... Yeah, and that's and that's the other thing, is we've only even understood what inflation is for like 100 years. <laughs> like <laughs> Another concept we made up, and now we finally understand it. Well, yeah, I mean, even back as far as like... I mean, you. I've, I'm, I read in a bit of history as well, and you're talking like as far back as like Mongolians, and you're talking about like the Romans. Like, they would have... An, they Like, they would have... Be, like, people have been issuing paper money for a long time, right? But it was always backed up by whatever gold. But, sure. Um, but they would have inflation be happening, and they would just wouldn't know what was going on. Like, right. Why are these prices going through the roof? Like, what is happening? Like, they didn't get it. It wasn't until, like, uh, you know, I'm sure if there's some economics history major out there, they're probably going to shoot me for this one. But it's like early 1900s, we didn't really understand what inflation was. Sure. And... That was kind of a wake-up call of like the Great Depression and stuff. Was where we kind of finally right. Well, well, it was. A lot of, a lot of war, it was war, war, one, World was. War One for for Germany. Poor Germany after World War One. Right. The inflation they had, they just got fucked. Their entire economy just yeah. completely fell apart to the point where they just couldn't even eat. They were making bread out of sawdust, and yeah. and it would still be exorbitant prices. And it was just because they were trying to pay crazy. back their debts that were imposed upon them. Right. Um, and so that's, I don't know. It's kind of. That's kind of what but the, do you you understand money? A little bit. You get it because it's your job and stuff. Well, I, I'm not gonna I'm not advertising Rise. the book here, but this right. is uh, the book I've been reading. 
is actually it's very dry incredibly dry I do not recommend it for anybody that's like pleasure pleasure reading it's called The Rise and Fall of the Great Powers by Paul Kennedy but it's basically like it starts in like the 1500s and kind of explains on an economic slash military basis like the progression of like the powerful nations huh. of the past like 600 years so yeah China and, and a lot of that uh, well yeah China, Japan uh, Russia and just kind of a general sense of Europe because it kind of sure. bounced around a lot in Europe uh, right and then they're the, changing they still we're still changing still changing uh, the yeah. what are they called uh, boundaries well, boundary it, mar- demarcations funny. of you know but when I was little there wasn't a fucking Bosnia you know what I mean there was like yeah, there, there was the a, Yugoslavia there, there wasn't, wasn't even Czech Republic there right. was Czechoslovakia right yeah. it's it's uh, people we think of like yeah a lot of people think of countries as like oh yeah here's the countries like this is where they are it's like no like most of these have been around for I mean a lot less than the United States has been for like Germany has been around for less than and look at Israel's India, only been around since 1942. India has been around for a lot less than the United right, States. Right, yeah. Um, most of the Southeast Asian countries, uh, their, their borders as defined by now. Sure, and they used to be called Myanmar, and now it's... Myanmar and yeah, they Cambodia. <laughs> Poor now. Cambodia. God, yeah. those people got fucked. Yes. It's, uh, I mean, all that war stuff. And the, like, and it's just sad because we made so much money off it. I still don't understand what we were doing in Vietnam and in, Nor- in North Korea and, and during the 60s and 70s. I, I oh, still... The and, domino theory and all that. I'm so confused as to why we were even there. What, we were fighting communism, but we were... Uh, we were fighting uh, Soviet influence. Okay. Because all those countries were being backed by the Soviets. And so it was just kind of like keep the Soviets in their own zone, which is why... You know, we got it. Where that's why one of the reasons why we were so involved in the Middle East, like besides oil, uh, was containing the Soviets. So, they yeah. were trying to push through Afghanistan. Sure. And just just any and there were you know, that's why you know we had East Berlin, West Berlin. Like that's why we held on so strong there. It's just the idea of the you know, dirty communists. See, and the thing is, I'm, I mean, I'm not a communist per se. I'm a I'm a straight up Marxist. Like I, if I philosophically, I think Marx had a lot of it right. I don't agree with all of it, but a lot of it I agree with. I have sure. I have a problem with uh, I I it's like I agree but I disagree with not giving anything to your children. That you the whole purpose of Marxism is it goes to everybody and you can't save up wealth. There's I definitely believe that sh- there shouldn't be any private property. But well, I mean that's why I don't really call I don't call it communists. I call it the Soviet influence cuz sure. calling them communists isn't really accurate right at all um but it's the way it was labeled for a long time yeah. right and that's that was the propaganda that went around um but yeah i mean that's that's like you know what we were doing there is preserving our influence and you know a lot of that has to do with economic influence is that we would be economically shut out of entire markets if the soviets had control over it right huh um that has to do a lot to do with and we just i mean militarily too we didn't want to give them any space especially especially that's why we you know, put so many dictators down in Central America and South America and stuff like that. Like, that was way too close. Like, Cuba was like, people were shitting their pants. They were, Cuba. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because what, they're like 60 miles away from Miami. Right? Yeah. And so, that's, I mean, that's why that was such a big deal. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, we, I don't, for whatever, because communism is in direct opposition to capitalism and they yeah, would just, the rich people whole, would stop making as much money as they would if we would. There was an ideological thing there. But when you, if you look at it from like, you know, if you remove that entirely from the equation, it was just the fact that we knew we were going to be against each other just in terms of, you know, economically, like right. who was going to be the economic giant. And 
the world was this i mean the past it wasn't until like <clears throat> the late 1800s that the world started getting a lot smaller you know expansionism only really stopped in the 20th century sure and i wouldn't say stopped like obviously we uh, still have we still have still puerto ex- rico and yeah, the u.s still, virgin islands we still you know held on to guam sure, after, sure. after world war ii but i'm just saying that like the idea that we um you know, th- this idea that, like, the world was partitioned, like, that didn't really come about until, like, the late 1800s, early 20th century. It was because there still was a lot of expansion. I mean, you know, colonialism was, uh, you know, again, it, it's it's all very young concepts. Sure. And we're still going through the Well, and it. yeah, colonialism is basically, like, legalized slavery. It's like, we're taking over your country and we're going to fuck you up like <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, we're gonna, it was it wasn't ever i mean there was always an ideological component too but it, i mean i'm i'm thinking economically like right. this was both uh natural resources and new markets right yeah and not new markets in terms of indigenous people it was new markets for our people to go and colonize and then sell stuff we can sell stuff there yeah from the home base right so it was kind of an import import export thing and uh that was the best, it was the it was kind of like uh, what do you call it national vertical integration oh because when you you know what I mean by vertical integration right it's when you own you would say like if I if I made cigarettes like I own the tobacco fields I own the processing plant I own the stores that sell the cigarettes sure like I own everything from from beginning to end and that's kind of that was kind of national vertical vertical integration it's like we own the resources sure we own the processing place we even own the market where the resources are going right. And so, and it's only one for, step away from owning the people. <laughs> yeah, pretty but much. But you do, you own the labor. Well, they so. own most of the labor. Right, so, right. Yeah, yeah. It's all labor. Yeah. It's all labor. Uh, well, this has been an amazing Some Call Me Tim. We're going to take a break, and hopefully soon our wrestling guy will be here, hopefully. and we're going to talk about wrestling. Uh, it's going to be amazing. We're Marty Cunny. The colonial implications of the wrestling. The colonial implications of wrestling. We should come up with some weird wrestling names. <laughs> uh, but we'll be right back here on Some Call Me Tim. of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're... 
chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. If you're looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorney.com fjs.com again the law office of francis j shaheda in san francisco awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. October 6th, come join us at Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse for Johan Miranda, headlining... 50 minutes. Opening sets by Amy Bebo, Clay Newman, and Pam Benjamin. Don't miss this incredible headliner for only $10. Friday, October 6th at 8 p.m. Buy your tickets now on Eventbrite. Check us out on Facebook. Like all those comics, and please come support Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday at 8 o'clock. My friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here. I'm giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond underground comics. 
It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Are you a stand-up comedian? Do you want to be in 25 shows in five days at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco? Well, now's your opportunity. Apply now. For the Spark Presents 3rd Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 5th. That's 25 shows in 5 days featuring 40 comics from out of town. And one of those comedians could be you. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, and click on the submission form. Apply for the Spark Presents 3rd Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's only $10, and you can apply right now through November 30th for 25 shows during five days all streaming live all podcast posts all Mutiny Radio all the time the third annual Spark Presents Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018 apply now If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? Then get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. 
Billy Bob. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Joke yep, Workshop. Every Monday, every Monday 6, 6, 8 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutiny Radios. There it is on the Mutiny Radios. We're back on Subcobby Tim. Uh, did you watch the Holy Grail when you were growing up? It's one of your favorite. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies too of all time. Uh, I think it was up there. We had a we had a VCR rotation going between that and I think Terminator Two, Predator, and uh, Tommy Boy. Oh wow, Tommy! That was yeah. Jonathan's one of his favorite movies of all time is Tommy Boy. Yeah, he has like the whole thing memorized. Yeah, that's. Mm. that's you're the same age. You're you're you 33. 29. 29. Yeah, you're even younger than Jonathan. That's crazy. You're well, so young. My, my age is, was skewed by my previous appearance. By what? Like by what I was wearing. Oh, right, 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 right. We thought you were older because you looked like an old pedophile. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, you're only 29. Yeah, just turned 29 at the end of last month. That's crazy. Yeah. Are you freaking out about 30? Is that something that makes you nervous, or are you just like whatever? I don't give a fuck. I don't know. Same old. I. Uh, I don't gotta worry about my eggs drying up. So. Right. Are you? Are, are so? You mentioned it earlier that the, your ex girlfriend was said she didn't want to have kids. And is that? Are you looking for this bougie lifestyle? Are you gonna let go of all this fun guru master fun time guy? And you're? Are you planning on settling down? Is that like a thing that you're? I mean, I don't. I mean, do you, do you believe in that American party line, the American dream, where you find a wife and you move to Danville and get a house and? Fuck that. <laughs> and get boring and take the kids to school and no, party on the I'll, weekend. Ideally, I'll find a rich woman. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's that's the, <laughs> that's right. the best plan right now. Uh, rich woman who uh, owns a house in San Francisco, and then uh, we'll go from there. Well, I I, I might. The thing is, I know I, I I know an individual, but she's in her forties. Are you willing to? Are, do you do you? I don't know. I am looking for a partner in partying as well. Right. That's how someone will uh, probably get to know me best. Right. It's partner in partying. No, it makes sense. Some people, they say, uh, you know, raise the bar. Some say lower the bar. I say meet at the bar. Let's all have fun at the bar. Exactly. But if you meet at the bar, then it, they're not necessarily like, I'm a party fun girl. I was never going to have babies. When you meet me at a bar, it's pretty obvious that that's just not, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm lucky that in my relationship, my partner, I hate the word partner too, it's so stupid. Boyfriend is infantilizing. Partner makes me sound like I'm gay. <laughs> Fucking like husband and wife is misogynistic. Say friendo. My friendo. My friendo. <laughs> it's another like. Right? The words are, I mean, language is political and we just, but it's somehow we only like. You have to get married, but I don't. Anyway, I don't want to get married because I've already done that, and it's a waste of time. 
but John, neither Jonathan nor I ever want to have kids. We just want to have party fun time all the time. That's fine. Yeah, I um, think so too. I don't know if I, because uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't say that I'm doing like I'm not like in a concert party right now either. I mean, I'm. Still you just like, seem like you are. You just seem- play. You just play that on Facebook. Well, I guess I, I had this idealized picture where like. I'm still doing like what I want to do, just probably on a lower scale. Ah. Uh, uh, but I know, you know, we'll see how that actually turns out. Right. How much? Uh, how many months do you have here before you have to get a job? Do you have a good like savings nest? Yeah. I, fluffy thing all set up. Can couple, you? A couple months. Couple months. Yeah. Do you like your sabbatical thus far? Are you having a good time, or are you concerned that you've got to get back in the work? No, team? I'm not concerned. I wouldn't. I mean, it's all right. I, I sleep a ton. Like I normally don't sleep a lot, and I like. Midday napping has been kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I love napping. I'm not like stressed or anything about it. Uh, I'm not, but I'm still like actively job seeking. Sure. I'm not like just like taking a step off the gas entirely. Because again, like I was saying, like the last three months it worked pretty lax. Right. It wasn't like I worked myself into a coma and then like I came out of it and I'm like, oh, now I can like finally live. Like, sure. I went on a month long vacation. I had kind of like a half-ass July and then like a quarter-ass August and then I went to Burning Man. Like, right. <laughs> you were, but no, it's great. You're 29 years old. You're living your, your, your L-I-V-I-N. No, I am uh, not saying that I did anything wrong. I'm just saying that like now that I'm unemployed, it's like, well, you know, what do I, what do, I do with my free time? So Right. You just have to burn time. I smoke a lot of pot. Yeah, I've been doing that. I do the radio uh, station thing quite a bit. Video games. Video games, really? You don't strike me as like the lock yourself in the house, play video games kind of guy. I've done, I mean, I've done it before, definitely. I get lost in RPGs and stuff pretty easily. Really? Yeah. Uh, especially we got a nice big TV. Big TV. And I got a couple cats that bug the shit out. Oh, so. cats! Yeah. That's nice. Are they your cats, or are you rooming with somebody? No, well, they were me and my ex's cats. Oh! Uh, so she couldn't take them in her new apartment. Oh, you have all the cats. I keep the cats. You the kept divorce. the yeah. cats. Yeah. Wow. Which I'm fine with. I like them. Yeah, cats, cats are the best. Growing up, so. Yeah, well, and that you gotta toy, you gotta tout that out amongst the ladies. Girls like a dude with cats. Well, you've heard. Have you heard my cat man stand up? Bit? No, I don't think so. I just. Uh, Cat man. Cat dad, I guess, would be the... Because you, you call a girl a crazy cat lady. I sure. Guess. I haven't heard what you call a guy as a cat dad. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. Um, <laughs> and it's basically like, people give you kind of a weird look when you say, like, I'm a cat guy. Like, yeah. Because everyone just kind of assumes, especially a guy like me. Well, that, they expect you to say, I love pussy. Yeah. Well, that is the lead into the joke. Right. Um, Maybe I have heard this joke. Uh, but the point being that... Uh, yeah, so the, the, people kind of give you a weird look. Like, I say it's kind of the equivalent look of when you tell people that you, uh, when you ask people for like a, a phone charger and they hand you an iPhone cord <laughs> and you have an Android, they're like, oh, can I get like a USB charger? Like, really? You don't have an iPhone? Like, that same like, like iPhone shitlord look is what you get when you right. tell people you're a cat dad. As I say, people would probably be less surprised if I told them I was gay. <laughs> You don't, yeah, but you don't strike. You don't. That's you don't what I'm read. Saying. Yeah, you don't read. That's what I'm at saying. All. It's like you could, but anybody can be a cat person. That's a, there's such a stigma against cat. Cats are the best. Why do cats have to be for ladies? Because well, we they, like to people snuggle and that they're sit like, around. People assume that it means you're like a loner because you don't have this like hypersocial animal that like depends on your validation 24 seven. Right. Um, although I pretty much morph my cats into like dog light things. Yeah, me too. Uh, like I got 
one of them, like, pretty much, like, toss her around, and she likes it. And, uh, you know, they both like belly rubs. They don't scratch. Oh, that's like, nice. I got it. Like, I can be, like, I can, like, roughhouse them. Yeah. Um, Fun. I even, I used to play fetch with one, but just in the house. My, my cat will, he'll, he'll uh, kind of fetch. He doesn't bring it back. Sometimes he brings it back halfway, but he doesn't bring it back all the way. Yeah. But he does high five. I, I taught my cat to high five because he's super food motivated. So before I give him special food, I make him high five me. <laughs> and he like, he'll look at me like, Ugh. and I'm like, no, seriously, dude, got to high five. And I put my hand up, put my hand up. And then finally he just reluctantly puts it up and goes, and hits it. Well, they never do anything excitedly. <laughs> no, he's like, and they never do anything with like a lot of energy. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, he's but unless they're like pouncing. I love, I love the fuck out of my cat. I love cats. I can't understand that there's people that that don't like cats. That happened at Comedy Day. Um, a comedian that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, he did a bunch of cat material that I've heard before, and but it was funny because it's like, why did you want to piss off all the entire audience by making fun of cats? Like, you basically disingenuous, like purposely disingenuous half of your audience by <laughs> by saying that you hate cats. Come on. Well, I mean, I personally disingenuous a lot of my audience by saying uh, I wouldn't have aborted Hitler. So, it's so, but that's it's, it's an interesting concept. If you were the dad of Hitler, you wouldn't have aborted, and you knew. No, no, you no. don't know he's going to be. It's evil. not really the the joke is more about how if there wasn't Hitler, there wouldn't have been the History Channel, and then I wouldn't have Swamp People. Oh. Right. No, that makes sense. Or ancient aliens. Exactly. We would have missed out on a whole, a whole bevy of shows. Absolutely. That, that were that are really important to my hangovers. Right. Uh, no. I'm. Uh, yeah. They're just terrible. It's like reality documentaries. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's just awful. But that that makes sense. So that's why you wouldn't have aborted Hitler. That's very funny. Yeah. It's. I need to work on the delivery though, because it just it turns into me. I think people lose me at saying. Uh, I wouldn't have aborted Hitler. Well, you you got to start br- with you got to start with. Uh, Pro-choice. That's that's where I go. It's yeah. Like the, the pro-choice the pro-choice argument is like, oh, well, the pro the pro-life argument is like, oh, would you have aborted MLK? Would you have aborted Gandhi? Like, oh, would you have aborted Hitler? Like, would you have aborted like Osama bin Laden? And it used to be that I would go into all these terrible historical figures and sure. talk about like, well, what if they had lived or what if they had died and all the bad things that would have happened if they had died. Sure. No, that's but it's a it's a good premise because, you know, I it's that to, whole uh, butterfly effect. Exactly. Like, but. Th- I don't know. It, it never really felt like uh, people really caught on, and uh, they didn't. They didn't get you. Well, I think you're very funny. I think I get it. Yeah, but I think it, it, it probably needed more writing too. Mm. I probably, but it also turns into a very long joke, right? And that can be just too much, you know. Yeah. I can only talk. You know, how long can I talk about Hitler? Persian. Right. <laughs> well. And I prefer my Hitler irony joke much more. I mean, I mean, you could. I mean, I challenge you to try to talk about Hitler for a full five minutes. I do. Yeah, I mean, why not? You just why not? Just I oh. mean, you got it. The thing is, whenever I wonder if I'm gonna, oh, did he make it? Somebody, come on in. Come on in. Come on in. It's open. Hey, he made it. Hey, hey. Yay! Come on in. Yay! Our wrestling manager arrived. Hooray! I didn't. I don't know if we should go. Come on, sit down. Yeah. Come on in. I'm Pam Benjamin. This is Marty Cunney. He actually knows about wrestling. 
Oh, oh you're PG&E? I thought that you were the wrestling guy. Fuck. Come in and look at her. We thought you look like a big guy. You look like you could you could do wrestling. You want to check out our little our little thing? You're going to check out our meter? I totally thought that you were the wrestling manager because you're a big could guy. And we were totally, we totally believed that you would throw people down in a ring and hit them with a chair. <laughs> yeah, right? It's the PG&E guy. Darn it. Yeah. Yeah, so you can read our meter, whatever you want. Get in there. Check it out. Uh, I have no idea. I hope we don't use that much electricity because, boy, is it expensive. Yeah, we are broadcasting yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, mutinyradio.fm. It's internet-based. We're like a podcast hub. So we uh, we aren't on any terrestrial radio because then we would be FCC regulated and then we couldn't say fuck all the time. <laughs> but we can because we're on. We or can talk say. about Hitler for the last five we minutes. We were just talking like about we Hitler. We could say we fucking love pg e But don't you think that pg e aren't you guys a monopoly? Because there's no one else providing They're government, energy. Government sanctioned monopoly. But government like, sanctioned uh, monopoly. The MLB. Like, yeah. but that's Major League Baseball. Yeah, but we're a little more necessary. Little, uh, <laughs> yeah. You watch it. What would, ha- what would happen? <laughs> I, I mean, I've always wondered what would happen in the apocalypse when if... Does, is the energy just going to stop because no one's going to be working for PG&E anymore? Or will it work on its own? Like, what's going to happen when the solar flares happen? And, I mean... Can we get an expert? We, I'm not an expert. <laughs> you just checked the meters? I, I got my high school diploma, but I did not go to college. So. Wait, well, we need electrical engineers. I, I'm so worried about the solar flares because when it knocks out all our internet, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? I'll probably just... Uh, I'll join like one of the raiding bands. I'll be like one of the savages that kills people and like takes their stuff. I think really? that just just get on that trainer. But we don't have to kill people. I, okay, a lot of people you don't say have that. Have to, but then a lot of people are gonna. That's true. A lot of people say that when the apocalypse comes, we should leave the city. I say stay in the city because that's this where all the resources are. Mm. I mean, there's just stores with food and it's true. But people's still, houses. Like, but there's also like WalMarts out in the middle of nowhere. Right. So my got plan. Way more shit in one spot. But then you'll you'll be you'll have to be like king of the Walmart. I take a seat. Talk to us about whatever you want, Cliff. Oh no, it's on. You want to turn it off? I can turn it down. Okay, he's it's it's he's uh he's off. I just need to know when you guys aren't here so I can change that. What? Oh, you have to change it. Yeah, you're gonna be without power. Oh, well, actually, from four to six today, we don't have a show happening. So you could knock out our power at four o'clock today, which is in a little bit. Right, right now it's 328. Do you want to ch- go check out some other people's things and then come back? Perfect. Because, um, yeah, at 4 o'clock, this podcast will be over. The next one, there isn't one that starts until 6, so we can get it done. And that's great. We can knock out the power. It doesn't matter at all. I'm going to go grab the meter that's going to go in there. i got to see if it's going to happen. Cool. All right. We'll see you in a minute, Cliff. Yay! pg and here. I totally thought that he was from... Wrestling because he's a big guy. I did guy. too. I did too. I totally Until believed I saw it. the PG&E label and I was like, mm. Mm, and I saw the blue truck outside. Ah, the blue truck. I, can they park wherever they want to? That's yes. ingenious. I used to, so I used to work for the water department when I was younger, and uh, I used to do, I actually used to change meters, but for the water department, so kind of similar. Right. I'd turn people's water off, and sometimes I turn them off when it was they were in their house and they didn't like that. Yeah. But you know what? You got to answer your door. Got to answer your door. Well, I used to when I was a kid. 
uh, instead of toilet paper in people's houses, we would power box them. So we'd drive around Danville, find boys that we liked, sneak around the back of their house, turn off their power, and then bang on all the windows. Because <laughs> we were like, we like boys. That's how, that's how that's this how is going to work out. Yeah. Right, is to be weird and creepy and to surround your house um, with, uh, yeah. So I used to turn fun. other fraternities' water off. Oh, because you had you had the you I had, had the wrench. I had like the because it's it's not like a particularly like you can do it with a, the tools, but it's easier to do it quickly. Sure. With that. What fraternity were you in? Uh, it was called Beta Theta Pi. They're now defunct. Oh, what happened? Did you, too many too too much too hazing? Much, too much, no, too much partying. Too much partying. Hazing was never uh, caught. Hey, was oh okay. Um, no, it was never like even it wasn't even like exciting. It was just like one too many parties. That got, sure, the cops called on it. It's Berkeley cracks down pretty hard on that. They're kind of cracking down on fraternities in general because then because people don't have to pay for their friends or because no, uh, because they're a bunch <laughs> of fucking shitbirds. Right, great. Uh, I was in a sorority for a minute, but then they kicked me out because uh, I would, it was never for me. I'm not good at uh, joining things. Uh-huh. And I tried. I tried to join so something, weird. and I. Sororities are weird. You look back. I look back. Like I get the fraternities because it was we were partying all the time. Right. Like, but the sororities couldn't do that. Like, no, we got in trouble for it. Yeah. I didn't yeah. Get the point. Yeah. They called me. They called me to standards for being promiscuous, and I was like, what? Um, we were all at that party. <laughs> promiscuous for promiscuity. I was like, I'm a virgin. What do you mean like I'm the promiscuous? They're, yeah, I know, right? They're like, you make out with too many boys. I'm like, really? Is this real? You're. That's weird. It was. It was puritanical and sad. Yeah. Well, there's that. Uh, back to Hitler. <laughs> back to Hitler. He's, uh, Cliff's going to come back at 4 o'clock. We're going to change things out. It's going to be great. He's Exciting. not a wrestler. You're on Mutiny Radio. Could be a wrestler. What, would be your, what would be your wrestler name? If I was a wrestler, I would... I mean, I'd have to choose what a character, right? I would want to be... Some people don't really have a specific character. Um, some people just go by like kind of a flashy. I'd be the bag lady. I'd be the cat lady. I'd be the bag lady. I'd yeah. be like crazy. I'd be crazy cat lady, and I would wear like, I'd wear like a, um, a like a muumuu. Yeah, not a muumuu, but like a, a a terry cloth robe, and I would have like cats in all the pockets, and You'd I'd have like, like cats on leashes, plastic galoshes. Right. Exactly. Like throw cats at people. Well, not live. I could throw tiny cats at like stuffy cats yeah, yeah, at people yeah. but I would have actual cats or you use like a stuffed cat to like choke someone yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's I would, like, but I would want to have like cats in the ring I'd walk around with the cats and then I'd give my cats to someone and be like the cat handler or whatever and have you uh, have, have you watched tag uh, team thing. Glow on Netflix yet? I did watch the Glow I yeah. did it was that was uh, it was cute I liked the um, Zoya the Destroy. I liked the, the that she did the whole um, we hate communists thing, and I thought it was really cute. I mean, that was like the angle in the eighties. Well, it was, and she was a. I mean, she was a good actor, well, and yeah. she just needed a place to be an actor. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, um, yeah. The, you should watch the actual documentary Glow too. Like that the talks about the actual. There were really real people. Yeah, no, that the Glow is based on like a real <gasps> leak that was, was in the eighties. Uh, no way. Yeah, I think they're actually based out of Las Vegas, they talk about in the wow. documentary. Yeah, and they actually, like, some of the people, like, Machu Picchu was based on, like, kind of a real person. Wow! Um, the the old biddies. Right. They were, they're in the documentary. That's they talk so about being funny. the old biddies. And, uh, yeah, it, 
like the whole like the rapping thing like them singing the songs and like dancing wow like, that was all it's really funny to watch the documentary and see like how it actually how did I miss that in the 80s though because I was a kid that seemed like something I'd totally be into I, I don't know maybe it just wasn't in California I don't know how TV in the 80s worked I don't know how TV in the 80s worked either <laughs> no I've I've been a, I'm thinking I'm I've got all these Girl Scout patches that like let people know exactly how old I am I have like you know cal- calendar 1981 and I've been thinking about picking out the stitches so that I can like give myself 10 years you know because <laughs> if it was calendars 91 I wouldn't have been a junior in high school nay I would have been a child yeah. a 10 year old or what, a 7 year old or whatever and that would have been great throw people off your scent right I know well it helps that my that Jonathan is 11 years younger than me so <laughs> I people seem to think I'm a lot younger but I'm like look it's the gray hair it's so sad are you scared of getting older you just like you're like I'm a dude I'm just gonna be graceful about it I'll be alright uh, just trying to not get fat <gasps> not get fat well you've gotta keep playing the rugby you're fine although you have the kind of body that if you weren't working out you'd probably get rotund pretty quick yeah well, yeah, I definitely have to watch my diet, especially with the amount of drinking that I do. Like, Me too. That's the that's the big calorie yeah. thing right there. Yeah, it's uh, I I completely agree. And IPAs have a lot more calories, and but they have more alcohol. So I'm funny about it. I actually I didn't used to like IPAs. I used to like stouts and brown ales. But then I was like, wait a minute, if I'm going to be imbibing this many calories, I might as well have more alcohol in it. I think one of the two of the top five in terms of calorie to alcohol efficiency. Uh, Keystone Ice is actually gross. One of the best, yes. But if you're talking about calorie to alcohol, sure, sure. Uh, and Guinness is actually really high up there. Guinness really? is surprisingly low calorie. Uh, huh? Yeah. If you look at, uh, I think it's only like four and a half percent alcohol, but uh, I think it's only like 120 calories per pint. Wow. Yeah. Again, it's surprisingly healthy, which is you know why we're all so long lived. <laughs> the Irish. Yeah. I know. I've. I've have I drink I drink a lot and um and I, I go to the doctor and I tell them exactly how much I drink and every time I get my liver and kidney functions done they always say well your liver and kidney functions are surprisingly normal they're like you they tell me every time they're like this is how much you drink I'm like yeah and every like some days I'll take a day off but even on days where I quote unquote take a day off I probably still have at least one beer like yeah. I kind of drink every really day I know it doesn't do anything to me that's the thing is I feel like that's why if it's already like 10 o'clock and I haven't started drinking or I've sobered up from drinking earlier there's just no point in drinking it once it's 10 o'clock because yeah. it's just too late like what am I going to do I'm gonna, it's gonna, I'm not going to be drunk until like 11.30 and by, I, I just want to be asleep at that point so what was the point of taking of having extra 400 calories at the end of the night I just rather smoke yeah. pot yeah well my problem is sometimes when I smoke at night I wake up high and I really don't like that oh that's like waking up drunk is one thing I've I'm kind of used to that, but like waking up high, it makes it, it just makes it incredibly hard to get out of bed. Right. Well, but you don't have to worry about that anymore because you're unemployed. Hey. Yeah, you should start eating more pot. We <laughs> we eat the we had well last night I had a different thing. I made I made pot potato chips. Uh, anyways, we ate a bunch of those. But the night before, I made the pot pasta, and we each had a whole serving. It's like 150 milligrams a serving, and so Jonathan and I ate a ton of weed food before we went to bed. I woke up at 9.48, which is way late for me. And I was like, oh, what's going on? 
And Jonathan somehow woke up at five and went to work. He said he was seeing tracers on his way driving to work. He was still so fucking high. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I was just sleeping. I was dreaming about Heather Zeal getting married, in, and she's um, Asian. She looked really, really pretty in this special dress, and I wanted to be in the picture, but she wouldn't let me photobomb. It was a weirdly specific dream. I think I had a dream last night that Marshawn Lynch was in the White House. Marshawn Lynch, yeah. He's a really good guy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, he was speaking very presidentially, but he was just like dropping like random like Bay Area shit in there. It was a good dream. I That's enjoy, hilarious. I enjoyed that dream. Marjorie Lynch is such a great guy. He came out from retirement just to play for the Raiders Sometown, to yeah. give them something on their last year. And when he got back, uh, right before the beginning of the season, he had a thing where he, for five hours, he gave away, well, he funded it all and he was there for a little bit, but he gave backpacks filled with school supplies to children in Oakland. Yeah. Free, free haircuts and free backpacks filled with school supplies from noon to five at this one place. And he was like, all the kids that show up get backpacks. It's like, well, you get a backpack, you get a backpack. He's the Oprah of Oakland. He's the Oprah of Oakland. He, well, he, I mean, he's been doing stuff in Oakland like that for a long time, though. He's really big into giving back into the community and stuff like that. Like, that's one of the things, like, when he was getting all all pissy at the uh, reporters back when he was in the Super Bowl with the Seahawks, right? And he was just telling them to fuck off, pretty much. <laughs> and he was like, well, why don't you guys ask me about, like, any of the charity work? You know, right, like, right. Uh, I'd answer questions about stuff like that. Like, I don't want to hear you guys ask me, like, sh- like prod of me for, like, shit talking questions about my our opponents sure that's pretty much what he's saying he's he's been all about that for a while i uh wanted to i was gonna do um fantasy football this year just so that i could have something to talk about with my boyfriend uh but then i it didn't work out because i don't have the technology and i just knew i wouldn't be able it's to keep tough up with it. a phone it's tough but i wanted to have my team be the all shans and everyone on the team sean, had to have, have sean, sean in their first or last name theme teams are fun because it'd be like marshawn all sean deshaun Deshaun. You got plenty of Deshauns to pick there, from. But exactly. Or just Sean. Just Sean. Just if you need a Sean. quarterback. Yeah. So that was gonna have. I was gonna have my team be the All Shans, and everyone had to have some sort of. Or if they if they didn't have a Sean in their name, then it would have to be. It would have to be like a, just an egregiously weird name, like Levanton. Parkevius Mingo. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Something like that. Just weird. That There's would count on the team as well. Plenty of those. Plenty too. of those. So that ha, was gonna ha, be. Ha ha Clinton Dix. I never. That was what fun. about Meta World Peace? That was that was oh, uh, that was uh, NBA. I'm tests. sorry. Was that run our tests? Yeah. Meta World Peace. Was that? No. Was that? He was. He was. It was NBA actually. Yeah. I'm trying to think who who is what is what uh, his real name was. Yeah. I, yeah. I keep saying run our tests, but for some reason that doesn't sound right. I could be right. Anyways. Well, yes. I'd put him on my fantasy football team, even because though it's even though it's. No. You know what? I this is funny because I was thinking. And it'll never happen. But I'd like to see someone from the NBA go Crossover. to NFL. Yeah. And they never would because they don't want to get hit. It just doesn't make any sense. But there are some beastly fucking guys. Yeah. I in mean, NBA. Said, like, LeBron could be a tight end. Yeah, absolutely. He would be. It would be interesting to see him try to. Because you've seen people go NBA to an MLB. You've seen NFL go MLB. You've seen. Yeah. Right. I mean, you got Robert or Robert Jordan. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Yeah, but he kind of sucked. Right. He kind of <laughs> sucked it, but Bo Jackson didn't suck. Did not suck. At either. I mean, so, but I, I just I don't think that there'll ever be an NBA player that goes to NFL because no one wants to get hit that hard. 
Yeah, it's such a much more dangerous sport it's for so less dangerous. money. For, and the thing about concussions, and, and it's it's such a bummer because weed actually helps protect your brain against concussions, but the NFL still won't come out and yeah. say that players should be able to smoke weed. Well, they're very stringently against it. Right, which is stupid. Yeah, it yeah. It help it protects your brain. If you smoke pot before and after, before an injury and after an injury, specifically in your head, they've done studies that say it like protects your brain and does cool things in there. And and yet they just won't even And that's not even touching on like the painkiller problem. Right. Uh, right, cuz so let's just put them on opiates and let them all be blah, blah. Yeah. And it's funny too cuz like no one's really testing MLB and NBA players, but a lot of that's on the player unions as well. Sure. Uh, the player unions are the ones negotiating what's on the, the banned substances list as well, like, or, you know, what the drug testing protocol is. Sure. But because that they're testing a lot more for steroids as well in the NFL, because uh, it's a lot more dangerous for having a bunch of guys roiding up in the NFL. Yeah, well, they just, instead of beating up each other, they'll just start beating up their wives. It's yeah. no big deal. Yeah, exactly. I was going to, one year for Halloween, I was going to, um, but that thing is I was going to have to do blackface. I, I wanted to Taste, use... It's, if it's tasteful. I wanted to wear my old um, wedding gown and be, because it was the wife, they... He Ray knocked in yeah, the elevator. He knocked her out in the elevator and then yeah. she married him later anyways yeah. and I wanted to wear my wedding dress and have like a big black eye and walk around and but yeah. then I would have been a lot of explanation if you weren't in blackface. If I wasn't in blackface, which I was going to do. Even if you were in blackface, also would have been a lot of explanation. Would have been a lot exactly. So it, my ex, it would have worked when my ex-husband was black. So if we would have gone out together, it would be fine. But I didn't have like I don't know a black guy to go with me. So me and black, it just it was it was just too much. And plus, it's a little harder to show a bruise in blackface. Exactly. Yeah. So then I told Latoya, my co-host from the, I, I told her she should dress up as that, as Mrs. Rice or whatever, and she was like. No. No. <laughs> no, Pam. No. <laughs> I actually went to that hotel. Oh, really? Yeah, it's in... Uh, Atlanta? Atlantic City. Oh, Atlantic City. Yeah. It's a nice place, although they shut down a little bit. After. Do you like to gamble? Yeah. You're a good gambler? Not really. But you like to do it? <laughs> it's fun. I. Uh, you, si- you strike me as the kind of person who would have fun at a craps table. Uh, well, craps, I, I still don't know how to play, but I've played it a bunch. Uh, what I do is I get real drunk and mm. I go there at like three, four in the morning mm. when no one's there and I just tell the dealer like, Hey, I don't know how to play this game. Place all my bets for me. That is fucking genius. Just hopefully I go on a roll. Can they do that? They, they tell you, they can tell you how yeah, to they, play. They'll tell, I mean, ultimately they want you to play. Right. And if you just tell them like, I don't know how to play, help me out here and just say like, you know, I, I win money, you win too, you know, like exactly. I'll tip out. Sure. Uh, yeah, let's all win together. I, I mean, that's the most successful game I've ever played. So the way that I am successful at craps is that I dress up like a slut and uh, I go down around eleven, eleven thirty at night, uh-huh. and I find a table that's hopping with older guys, and I play dumb, and I go, "You look like you're really good at this game," and. I'm, and then they're like, yeah, 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 sweetheart, sit behind me, do whatever I do. And so they'll be putting out like $100 bets, and I just put out a $5, yeah, $5. bet behind their 100 you know? Yeah. And I just follow them. And then it's it's usually like win, 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 ugh, lose. Uh, but then the whole table just clears, and I've still, I'm, yeah. I'm very conservative in my betting. But I always I always just find someone knows what well, they're doing. Perhaps the one where you can lose money the quickest, though. Right. Like you can, you can win a lot of money quick, but you can lose money the quickest. Right. Um, 
Normally, I just fuck around on blackjack and roulette, and uh, you know, because those, those are easy. You can play blackjack for like a long time. Sure. And uh, and get free drinks. And get free drinks. Right. I always, I never get mixed drinks, though. I always get beers because I know exactly what's in that beer. I know exactly how much alcohol is in there. Or I get shots. Oh wow! I've never gotten shots. I'll just like sip on it, but right. You know. I don't do mixed though, because I'm like, you could totally make it light. Yeah. And whatever. Just put it like whatever bullshit. Uh, I like, you know, not what I ordered in there. Um, <laughs> I do, yeah. Uh, yeah, either beers or shots. Or beers and shots. I don't know. It depends. It depends on where I am. Um, they don't do it at any casinos. You don't get free beers. No, casinos. I know. It sucks. And they only have like, well, in Vegas, not too. It's all $10 tables. But Indian casinos. Uh, only enough if you're on Fremont Street. Oh, maybe. okay. All right. Well, you just say, if you're off the strip, it's... It's cheaper fine. tables, or you go to Reno. I well, I like Laughlin. My favorite place to gamble is Laughlin, Nevada. What the fuck is that? It's uh, south. It's kind of above Lake Havasu, and it's on the river. And it's for river people. I had friends that they had a house in Needles, and we'd take the boat to the river, and then we we'd go to the River Bell and Laughlin, Laughlin, Nevada. And it's like. It's just a lot of old people. Everyone's on like oxygen, <laughs> and and they have they still have two dollar tables, which is like fucking insane that they that have, they exist. Uh, when they have needle disposal in the bathrooms, you know you're in a good casino. Hell yeah! <laughs> well, it's so I'll I'll tell you this is my favorite gambling story in Laughlin. Uh, I didn't have any money. I was with my friends, and she's like, "Oh, come, we're having dinner." Blah blah blah. And I said, "I don't have any money to gamble tonight." And I had a dream the night before about this one slot machine, and in her car she had a little change drawer and she's like just take 50 cents Pam so I take 50 cents we walk into the casino and I see the machine that was in my dream I was like that's the machine so I put two quarters in and I immediately went 15 bucks and I'm like holy shit so then we go percentage it was great so then we have dinner with her family blah 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 and her family's like okay we're gonna go back to the house blah blah and she's like well let's gamble you made 15 bucks let's go to a two dollar table so we go to a two dollar table we end up staying for like four or five hours I'm up, I'm down, I'm buying every, I'm tipping out the waitresses, I'm buying gifts at the gift store, like those little <laughs> magnets where you press the, and it, it's a little roulette, old school, um, you know, slot machine thing, magnets, and, it, and they're- Just stupid rich. Just stupid. I'm throwing money around, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but so rich. after like the four and a half, five hours, I finally lose, I have no money, but it was 50 cents from my friend's car. Yeah. And you, all you, night, you won. I won. Yeah, we were drinking. Everyone won. The, I was tipping out the the everybody, just yeah. like dollars, dollar for you, dollar for me, dollar for everybody. Like splitting tents, like just splitting stupid cars, splitting sevens for no reason. <laughs> like just like woo, it's crazy. And do whatever, who cares? Yeah, it didn't matter. But I ended up losing fifty cents. So who fucking cares? Yeah, it's fun. It's good. Uh, Last story from Marty Cunningham before we wrap up. Some call me Tim. Okay. Something well, exciting something or not exciting. Whatever. Something mundane. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, mm, stories, stories, stories. Anything interesting recently? Something you can turn into a story joke. I don't know. I really need to tap more into my uh, Central America trip. Oh. Uh, just the process of trying to get my back shaved in the first couple of days there was. You got your back shaved in. In Cartagena. What? Why not waxed? Why shaved? You have to uh, ask a lady to shave your back? Yes. Uh, and it was actually very difficult. Uh, right. What's shave in Espanol? I forget. Uh, I was like Google translating it. Ah. Uh, uh, it didn't, like, the, the clue was very clear. The translation was not coming through. Uh, 
I had to go to several stores, and then eventually I just brought a guy to like translate for me. Wow! Uh, from one of the hostels because he thought it was hilarious. But it was just it was so like blazing hot down there that I like I had to get. You had to get rid of your hair shirt. Well, I had to get rid of my hair shirt in the back, <laughs> and also I was like, so I went from Cartagena to like this sailing adventure through like the Panama these islands of Panama, and uh, so the reason I didn't want to get it waxed is apparently when you get a wax, like you're supposed to give it like a couple days before you're out in the sun. Uh-huh. Otherwise it could be like irritated. Sure. And I was going to spend like all the days, days in like the tropical, sun, tropical islands, you know, yeah. I was like, well, fuck. I'm not gonna... So, uh, yeah, it was just, it was like, I got, I remember the first place I was like, thought I was going to get it. And then this transgender woman comes in who was like, apparently be the one who was going to have to do it. And she just flat out refused. She wouldn't shave your back. Yeah. Why not? It's on the it's on the ground. You're so popular. Uh, God, people. I, I I only have one story similar in that one of my gay friends used to wax people uh, specifically for money or whatever. And I was I was staying with him for a couple weeks or whatever. And I was super drunk. And I was on his couch sleeping. And he came home, and I was like. Devin, wax my pussy! And I like <laughs> opened my legs and he was like, put that thing away. Like he was like, I will not do it. I'm like, Devin, you have all the waxing materials. Let's just do it. Let's just wait. He's like, put it away, Pam. No, I'm not thanks. waxing you. <laughs> no. He's like, I'll do your legs. I'll do your face. But he's like, I'm not going to, I'm not, we are friends, but I'm not that close. Well, but they wouldn't even shave your back. Well, I eventually got it done, and it was only like three bucks. And three bucks? What a steal! Yeah, why? Um, I think they didn't have a price in mind until I showed up. <laughs> like, how much does this cost? <laughs> but <laughs> uh, <laughs> the funny part was, I tried to get it shaved before I left for the trip, and trying to get your back shaved in San Francisco is super expensive. People yeah. were trying to get me to pay like sixty bucks. Yeah. And I called the I like, and I you know, some of it's like. I probably could have got it done in like a regular salon, but like no one advertised the price. And I was just like, okay, there's a bunch of like gay salons in like the Castro. Sure. But they're all like appointment based. Right. And they're like kind of hard to get a hold of. And then one guy on Yelp was just like, I gave the guy a call and he's just like, yeah, well, the uh, process here is uh, you come over, it's over at my house, uh, we do it in my bathroom, and then uh, you go on your way. It's 50 bucks. I was like, I'm not going to go. 50 bucks to go on your way. $50 going to some guy's like, bathroom in Soma right. to shave my back. Right, right. I just like couldn't convince You could have, why it. not? Zach Wiseman would well, do you, it for 10 bucks. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding? Next time you need I'll utilize anything the network. weird. Yeah, if you need something fucking weird done, you gotta go to Zach Wiseman. He'll do it. He's not gonna give a fuck. He'd shave your back for 10 bucks. Absolutely. Maybe 20. Well, it used 20. to be my ex that would do it. Right, so that, well, that was, makes sense. And But then like my, my cousin who lives with me now, he was just like, I'm, He's not, like, I'm not gonna shave your back. I used to have to shave my... The, the, my brother had um, neck hair, and he'd make me shave the back of his neck. Oh, so yeah, a lineup—that's pretty normal. Yeah. But back is a lot. Right. And I have a lot of back hair. Right. Yeah. Did you? Did they have to clip it first with the clippers? No, they, well, and they, then... didn't, they didn't go with the razor. I did the razor to touch up on the shoulders. Oh. But they just did electric. Um, I don't know if what what the service would have been like in San Francisco. Whether it probably would have been straight razor. Oh God. I, I mean, I could just imagine. I used to try to shave with a straight razor, like a real straight razor. Sure, like sure, yeah, exactly. I think I have like too thick of a beard for that or something because honestly, like it's supposed to be like, oh, this is like a really close shave that like leaves your skin like in decent condition. I would just chew myself up. Okay, so next time you just have to go on like Missed Connections or Craigslist and, at, and just be like, 
who wants to, I bet there are people that'll do it for free because they really enjoy shaving backs. Yes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like uh, something's yeah. fetish. will be like, you could get it done for if free I'm because it's their to, fetish. Yeah. If I'm willing to endure the level of creepiness that I'm sure, sure that would go with, I could have probably go to God not for free, but yeah. Uh, Craigslist, you know, you don't know what's you going know, on on Craigslist. You know, you know sex worker on Craigslist. Oh boy. <laughs> Well, I used to get strippers off of Craigslist for their fraternity, and oh, that was actually really good. Sure, because they um, they're not such like they're a lot more like freewheeling. Like I got one like before I went to like really was a Burning Man person. Like this lady was like clearly a Burning Man person. She like posted her whole like menu on there. Wow! And so we ended up playing uh, anal ring toss, what? which was still the most fun I'd ever had with a stripper. Would she put a she would she put a yeah. dildo so in her butt? It and was then like a threw- butt plug that had like a stick that went vertical. It was kind of like. A perpendicular. So we went butt plug, 90 degree angle, perpendicular stick. And then we just had rings and she was on her hands and knees and we're throwing rings. That's hilarious. It was on, it was the funniest thing ever. And then we like paid for like a dildo show where like, you know, a guy puts dildo in his pants and like fucks her with it. And it was, she was like just making him say all like the weirdest shit. And it was hilarious. Yeah. Craig's a straight, I I recommend Craig's strippers. Yeah. You know, it's a mixed bag. You don't know where you get, but it could turn out really well. And when you order strippers from like a regular company, Ah. It's always just like two like late teens, early twenties girls with like these two handlers, and they always do the same shit. And it's something right. interesting. Like, they'll be hot, but strippers uh, are supposed to be interesting. They're supposed to be interesting. There was um, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. He was a comedian before your time. He's he's out now, but I still call him drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. He went to Amsterdam, and he was at a live sex show, and a lady made him be a unicorn. So she put a dildo on his head, and then. She said, you know, get on all fours and I'm going to fuck this dildo. But he started moving and she was like, don't you move. This is, I'm doing the work here. Don't you, don't get to move. And he was like, it kind of sucked because he didn't get to move and he didn't get to enjoy it. But like everyone was watching him and she's like right there, like on his forehead, it's having like the, sex with it. It was very funny. I mean, the story's great and it's, yeah. it's just a very funny image. But she was like, you don't, you don't get to move. And it's not like a sexy thing, but it is fucking hilarious. Right. <laughs> A unicorn dildo That's with a with a at a live sex show. I think the first, well, not the first stripper experience I had, but the first stripper at that fraternity was when I was a freshman, and they were like, it was like our rush week, and um, my friend they had they had this guy get down on his take off his shirt, get lay down on the ground, and then they sprayed like a trail of whipped cream up to his face, and they said like, all right, who's ready for the shark attack? And we're like, what? They're like, yeah, the shark attack, and. Uh, <laughs> And she just she like squats on his like belly and she starts like rocking her hips back and forth and she's like trying to guess a chant like na 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 and we start chanting like the Jaws themes we're all like chanting like na 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 and when it climaxes she just like like rubs like pretty much just like cleans up like the whole like whipped cream trail up to his face with her pussy and just like rubs her pussy all over his face and so we call him we call him Shark Bait for a long time after that oh that's cute Shark Bait it was a good name well it was right after Finding Nemo right after Finding Nemo so sweet it's really a good timing on that it really was oh Shark Bait that's a great way to leave the program this has been Marty Cunny on Some Call Me Tim this has been a really great one I'm glad for people to get get to know you more now we I just thought that you were a dumb schlub now you're super smart I'm still dumb no I mean I'm just I just at, I didn't just good at certain things I just money. had no idea the Berkeley thing that you had a real job that's like a smarty pants job I had no idea about any of these I have things to find my lifestyle somehow yeah you're <laughs> killing it uh, thanks for being here everybody thanks for listening to some call me Tim we'll be back next week with let's see who's here next week 
I always have. I'm so organized. Next week is John Sherman. Holy fuck. We got John Sherman. I'm going to talk to him about autism, being on the spectrum, and then also that is next Wednesday. I am at Cobb's Comedy for the Hurricane Relief Fund. So come on out for that. Come to Cobb's. Come see me. I'm going to be very funny. Uh, again, thanks, Marty Cunny. We'll see you next time here on Mutant Radio. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio.